quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Let us see what the future holds. Hello, listeners, and welcome once again to What the Future Holds, your Star Trek Discovery podcast here on Hollow Sweet Media. I am your host, Brandy Jackola. I have two other hosts with me, of course, as always. First of all, my lovely husband, Dave. Dave, how are thee? I fare well. <laughs> I should have said, how art thou? <laughs> there we go. Fare thee well. It would have been better. <laughs> I fare well. And then, of course, our fabulous co-host as well, Christopher D. Littlefield. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm good, except it sounds like Dave is saying farewell, yeah. and we just got here. <laughs> no, when you fare well, that means you're doing well. Okay. So that's kind of a... That, that's a wish for you to do well in your future endeavors when they say fare thee well okay it's not really saying goodbye per se i'm good though i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be here too because we are finally finishing off our season two retrospective discovery season two part two part two wait discovery season (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) discovery season two part two b okay (laughs) that's not as fun but fine okay part two part two (laughs) Part two point two. Part two section two. There you go. Yes, there we go. Part two, two prime? section two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, already off the rails. As per usual. That was fast. That's how we like it. That's how we like it around here. Mm-hmm. All right, so we will be covering the final three episodes of season two, which are Through the Valley of Shadows and Such Sweet Sorrow Parts One and Two. I'm already getting emotional. <laughs> These are an emotional few episodes. Yes. I had some cries, yes, but we'll get there. Yeah, I always have cries. I have so many. I have I have cries in every episode of season two. Mm-hmm. Even as many times as I've rewatched it, I still have cry points in every single one of them. But these, these are just rife with cry points, let me tell you. Yeah. There's your show so, title. Rife with cry points. <laughs> Let me tell you. Rife, rife with cry points. <laughs> well, I should write that down. <laughs> writing down titles. Brought to you by writing down titles. Oh, I thought it'd be brought to you by whatever notebook of... you're using. <laughs> brought to you by the Spock notebook. <laughs> brought to you yes. by Mead. <laughs> brought to it's you not by Moleskin. No. Brought to you by Franklin my... Planner. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, my God. Enough. Sorry, I'm list building. Moleskin. This is this is my <laughs> this is my Spock journal. Yes. Yeah. And it's not who's it made by 
I don't know if it says. I've got the same one. Says. Mine has a bunch of lyrics in it. Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Of course it does, because that's your thing. That's what you do. Yeah, this doesn't really have, like, a... It has no manufacturer. That's because it was replicated. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It was replicated. All right, let's just dive in through the Valley of Shadows. Let's go. Through the Valley of Shadows. We finally get another signal. After how long has it been since we got a signal? Oh, my God been a while this is red signal number four just number four it's been since kaminar yeah yep. it has been since kaminar and uh this uh appears over boreth i got all squeaky because i have read my fair share of some voyager uh post voyager novels and there is a whole section with Bellata and Tom and um, the daughter whose name I forget dang it on Boreth oh so, they go to Boreth yeah oh, they, wow. they're they're hiding well they're it's it's a long and convoluted story but basically there's this group of people within the Klingon uh, empire that believe that uh, Tom and Bellana's daughter is the savior and another set of people that believe she is she's the devil sort of thing. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, creepy and weird and stuff. Anyway, so, yeah, I was all excited because Boreth. Uh, I want to talk about the sanctuary for just a second. I know that we're jumping ahead, but in wa watching this episode, with the commentary by Anson Mount and Ethan Peck, I learned stuff about that particular setting. That is actually a university oh, where they filmed that whole sequence. And yes, there were digital effects put in. Like, of course, there's not a big walkway across the fiery chasm sort of thing where there are all these pillars with, you know, different locks for time. But that initial room is also the same room that is the time crystal room, just shot from a different angle and with different set dressing. Oh, wow. Exact same room. It's really impressive location shooting. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know who found that set, but wh whoever the wonderful person is that scouted that, well done. Yeah, it's a really cool job, you know, if you want to get into the industry is to be the person that finds locations for shooting. It's like, oh, find this old warehouse or this rock quarry or, you know, just all these different locations where you can shoot something. Well, that that, that takes a lot of legwork, though, because, yeah, yeah, you can look at pictures online, but you've got to really see it in person to oh, know yeah. if it's going to suit the needs mm -hmm. of the episode. See it's not it an like. easy job. Yeah. It's not an easy job. So, yeah, we've got it over Boreth. And, of course, Tyler knows what Boreth is mm -hmm. and why that might be important because he doesn't really say anything about it but he says that uh he he doesn't say that his son is there mm -hmm. he doesn't confess that till later son of son of none yep <laughs> son of son of none <laughs> that is correct so yeah they got to go down to the sanctuary and tyler recommends that they get in touch with laurel and see if they can get you know in the door so to speak and she does meet up with Discovery and comes aboard. 
and good lord that woman's tall yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) mary shivo is very tall i think she's like six feet tall and shazad latif is no slouch either he's pretty tall so just really tall people which is not a problem for me i'm a i'm a i'm tall for a lady i'm five foot nine so oh i'm just a little bit shorter than you yeah um i'm a tall girl my dad was six foot two and my mom was five foot ten so come from a long line of tall people not that that matters about anything so they're arguing about who's going to go down to the surface and Tyler thinks he's going to go and Lorel absolutely forbids it. And she does explain that there's one reason why it is basically off limits and that's because of the time crystals. And it becomes clear, oh yeah, um, that's why we got a signal. We need a time crystal for some reason. Well, the other one was destroyed, right? It was, but yes. that suit also went back into the future yeah. with Gabrielle Burnham. So at this point, as a viewer, I'm thinking, yeah, there's going to be another suit. How could there not be at this point? Because mm. why else would they be sent to Boreth? There's no other reason to go there for a human. We do get to see Pike in a puffy coat. Oh, I yeah. love his outfit. Nice parka. I love his puffy coat. Future oh, parka. Yeah. Yes. Space parka. Yeah, I want one of those. It looks very stylish and yet warm, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. I love the fade from Saru's face into the rock face in this episode. Yes. It's so freaking cool. Oh, there's so many good edits in this season. Yeah. So, 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 so That's many. a big one. It's amazing. We've got that aspect going on, but we also have something else going on because... Michael goes to Tyler and says, hey, something is going on with you and you're not telling me and I need to know what it is. I cannot have any more of this, you know, keeping things from me. So he admits to her that his son is on Boreth and they have a discussion about that. While they're having that discussion, uh, something starts chirping and (laughs) he goes to a secret panel and opens it and it's a little pad sort of thing for section 31 guys that tells him (laughs) one of the section 31 ships has missed their check-in by 10 minutes which is super suspicious Mm -hmm. yeah his little secret phone reminds me of orange is the new black when they'd keep like cell phones hidden away somewhere in their cell or in the bathroom yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's his little orange is the new black uh prison phone burnham wants to check it out she goes to saru And he gives her clearance to go. She goes to get a shuttle. And Spock shows up saying that Saru told him to go with her. And she's like, no, 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 no. This is just routine. I I don't need any help. And he's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. I'm coming. And she, it's fun to see this more of a typical brother-sister relationship because she she says that she something to the effect of uh, she doesn't need anyone watching over her brother and he says shall we go sister and just walks on she goes oh yeah <laughs> boys yeah which just well i prefer much prefer this dynamic oh absolutely than, oh, yeah oh i'm not complaining before. you know this is just yeah, kind of i'm not normal. complaining about it it's adorable <laughs> it is yeah, just funny super it's cute. super adorable i love it 
let's uh, follow one story to its conclusion and then go back to the other story. So let's talk about let's okay. talk about Pike first. I know. Oh God. I know. Yeah. Okay. So if he meets son of son of none, does that make him grandson of none? What? Who? <laughs> when he goes to the to uh, Bereth. Yeah. The, oh yeah. The, he would be grandson yeah. of none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grandson of none. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Dave. That's an that's another episode title. <laughs> oh, I like that. Grandson I like that. Grandson of none. Of Beautiful. None. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. And on a high note. And that's our season two retrospective. Mm-hmm. No tears shed. <laughs> See you in a couple weeks. Actually, at the time this goes out, it'll be see it in a couple of days. Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yeah, we're recording this way early. Yeah. So Pike gets his foot in the door, and Tanavik is there. We don't we know his Tanovic. name yet, but he... No, oh, but it's I a great name. name. And of course, it's our good friend Ken Mitchell playing a third uh-huh. different Klingon, which brought me great joy. Every single person that he's done, though, has had different things about them like i never would have known in a million years that was the same guy each time so well done ken mitchell and he was on the most recent lower decks episode and he's going to be in season three for something that we do not not know about that much i do know (laughs) but not as a klingon yeah he was three different voice roles in the last lower decks episode uh he was the click it captain he was the guard at the Space Museum on Vulcan where they were stealing the Romulan bird of prey. The one that uh, wants the regular fan dance, oh. not that fan dance. And then mm. he was the two Romulans arguing in the Hawaii. You know who I hate? Raymond's. <laughs> yes. Oh, he was both of them? <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that Star Trek is just like taking him on and they're like letting him do whatever yeah i love that they're getting all of these other trek people to come in and do voices it just brings me such yeah. joy because of course that one also had kurtwood smith who has been in not only uh star trek six the undiscovered country as the federation president oh. but also in uh oh i love a couple him. of vo- episodes of voyager most famously the year of hell episodes oh anyway that's where we met ensign lang yes and I can't, anyway. I don't know why I can't remember his character's name. I remember Oprist, who was his uh, second in command, but he was, he was the big dude trying to change the timeline over and over again mm. to get his wife back. Well, speaking of timelines, <laughs> getting a time crystal. <laughs> and it's yeah. interesting to see like the religious order of the Klingons, because usually you just see the warlike houses to see like a religious right. order. It's really fascinating to see them, you know, being this hermetic group. Yeah, I like that they're outside of the jurisdiction Mm -hmm. of Laurel. That makes, like, I like that they built upon the Klingon lore with Mm -hmm. this. Because it's like, at first, if if you're like a Klingon purist or whatever, you don't want to buy that there's other things. But it totally makes sense, and it's really cool. It's like if you're playing D&D and you want to play a half-orc cleric. (laughs) <laughs> that's basically or like the Klingon like order of you know taking care of the time crystals yeah or like the Romulans and Picard mm. that group like there's just I love that we're seeing them branch mm-hmm. out 
Yes. It's nice to have a race not be this monolith because you kind of get that with the Vulcans that they're all science and logic. And and, yeah, they're Spock and Spock. Everybody's Spock. Yeah. That's the thing, though, is that the Vulcans haven't been a monoculture since I think we really started to develop that more a little bit in Next Generation. A little bit in TNG. But I think probably Voyager and Enterprise were the most helpful in those areas, especially Enterprise, because they, you know, you had people saying, Vulcans don't act like this. Vulcans don't lie. Oh, yeah, the hell they do. Oh, yeah. Spock has lied (laughs) many times. Yeah, and Enterprise, they're duplicitous all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh it's... yeah, we don't have a secret yeah. base there. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have a secret listening post ho- uh, hidden in this monastery called the gym. No. The Vulcan Science Command has determined that time travel is whatever yeah. is over and over and over. It's not possible. What is it? They do it. They say that line over and over again. Yeah. Well, that was when T'Pol was being tortured on the whereabouts of uh, of Archer, who had been taken into the future by Crewman Daniels. And mm. then effectively destroyed the future by him not being there in the past. <laughs> Way to go, Daniels. Great job. Chrome and Daniels. Yeah. So, yeah, T'Pol got tortured by the Sulabon. Mm-hmm. Oy. There we go. Off into the sticks again, as <laughs> is our whole thing here at What the Future Holds. We have talked about every other yeah. Star Trek episode. So Pike on Barrett. series. <laughs> Well, as as far as lying, yeah, Spock hijacking the Enterprise to take Pike back to Talos Four. Oh yes, a lot of lying going on from Spock in that one. Mm-hmm. Spock lies to at the end of this season. The whole monoculture thing, I think, is something that we assign to it rather than what the writers have assigned to it, and I think that that becomes very clear in this series of Discovery because. You know, that's why everyone was so upset. Oh, the Klingons don't look like that. Who says the Klingons don't look like that? Who says that there are a bunch of different looking Klingons? Why do you think that all Klingons have to look exactly like everything that you've seen before? Yeah, at least they don't look like Mongolian banditos anymore. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it was so bad. It was yeah. so bad. And the makeup. Oh, God, the uh-huh. makeup making them look darker that was awful. and just oh so yeah. racist <laughs> so yeah. yeah so i i like having these different sets i love having these acolytes at boreth who are basically there to a worship kalish excuse me kalish kalish and kalish <laughs> say it the klingon way kalish because you gotta two, speak like you have the teeth those false yeah. teeth in your mouth yep and two, to guard those time crystals. Because obviously those are very dangerous things. And it's fascinating that it's the Klingons that are guarding the time crystals of all the races to say, yeah, time I travel know, right? is off limits. We're not supposed to use this. That it's the Klingons that have that discipline. I think it may have been that the monastery was built there and then they later discovered time crystals were there and had Mm. the sense to realize that if anyone knew about this they would just be constantly under siege by people trying to get those crystals would think it'd be the other way around where they discovered the time crystals there and then built the monastery to safeguard them 
I guess we'll never know which came hmm. first. Chicken hmm. or egg? Time crystal or monastery? Somebody, somebody will find out and uh, we'll get a reply guy telling me how wrong I am. Yeah. So. Well, he'll die when he's trying to explain <laughs> something to you, so don't worry about it. <laughs> now that I know what a reply guy is. <laughs> we, we, we educated Chris on what a reply well, guy is. Well, actually, a reply now. guy is. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, 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 and there Dave goes, being a reply guy. <laughs> Oh my God! Let's talk about Pike. Okay, so yes. he Pike. okay he goes in there very earnest, uh, talks to Tanavik about how he needs a time crystal, and he's got uh, some Klingons on either side of him now with Batlas. They're just like, nope, get out. Basically, Pike just digs his heels in. He's just like, no, I was guided here, and the fate of the galaxy is depending on this right now, and I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving without what I came for. And Tanavik warns him that no one has taken a time crystal out of there without great sacrifice. So. And you must answer three <laughs> Oh, you're thinking what Mighty Python? is your name? <laughs> oh, yeah. That what one, yeah. <laughs> is your quest? What <laughs> is your favorite color? <laughs> I was thinking Empire Strikes Back Wrong. with Dagobah and the area of, like, the dark side. Oh, where right. Luke goes in there and, you know, whatever you bring with you, you know, beware mm -hmm. what you bring with you. And oh, I'm not yeah. afraid. And Yoda's like, you will be. You yeah. Will Even though he be. should say, was it be you will or <laughs> something? <laughs> he doesn't always speak around yeah. like that. It's a very Germanic way of speaking. So Tanavik relents, surprisingly. <laughs> Just and frogs. he takes... He, <laughs> He's like, okay, you think you can He's hack like, man, it? all right. Well, his, I think his whole thing is, okay, you're not going to back down, so I will show you what who you are, and you're going to run screaming yeah. from here. That's, He's like, yeah, it's your funeral. That's basically what he there's, was thinking, I There's believe. a lot of sci-fi tropes here. It's like the whole Dune thing with putting your hand in, you know, hand for in the box. experiencing oh, the pain. What's inside the box? Yeah. Pain. Yep. Yeah, that, that new movie, I'm like, so you basically reshot the entire 1980s movie and with different people because basically it's like did you use the same script because it pretty much sounds like the same stuff i mean i know it's based on a book but yeah. still just um director's yeah. name's villeneuve right he did the latest blade runner oh yeah I so it should be correct. pretty at least it it will be pretty i'm sure um i just didn't see anything new or different yeah. in that trailer yeah. Which I, I really like the 80s version with um, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin yes. and Patrick Stewart and oh, yeah, right. Patrick's Gertie Halleck so long. and um, Dean Stockwell and oh yeah, and, it's the guy from Dust Brad Boots Duras, too, I don't remember his name And though. Jürgen Prochnow. Yeah, Jürgen Prochnow, that's and, the guy. Uh, and uh, Sean Phillips, who's an absolutely gorgeous yeah. woman. Do we not mom. talk about the one from the was it the nineties? Oh, the tel television the series, the television, the yeah. mini series, the Children one? of Dune one, or I thought, I thought they just did a full on remake, didn't they? Or was never it a saw sequel? it. I think so. Yeah, I, didn't I think see you it watched a few episodes, it. but it was one of those things that was hard to keep up on because it kept moving it. I I don't uh, remember yeah. ever seeing any of it, but mm. be that as it may, yep. um, the spice, 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 spice. 
Well, the thing is, is that like the movie ended before the book did because the stuff that happens after the movie ends was just made me go, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> what? <laughs> H-W-A-T. What, what the what? what, the, what, the what <laughs> is this? And yet I still read the rest of the books and I, there are things that will be stuck in my brain forever that I wish weren't there. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Like the Benny Jesuit using sex to activate the Duncan Golem. Anyway, moving on. And I'm talking about with an eight-year-old boy. So, Ooh. ew and gross. gross. Oh, my. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Pike, they're going down this, okay. they're going down this hallway, and uh, Tanavik explains that he is Ash's son. And Pike is like, how can that be? And I'm like, dude... You realize you're in a place with time crystals, right? Yep. And we get to see time crystals used as manure, like yes. little plant food. <laughs> yeah, making making things grow oh. very quickly. Yeah, the tree and grows hallway, really quickly. Yeah. It's very yeah, it's so pretty. Yes. And everyone there is, you know, you know that they could kill you at any second, but they're all just kind of cash right now, now that Tanavik is taking pike through it now no one is looking at him going you're dead and the uh, the scene where they're going across that bridge where they have the three locks there was stuff cut out of that because there was footage shot of them stopping at each lock the past the present and the future <laughs> they had to get on the little broom and fly around and find the right key and to play wizard <laughs> chess and... bonus features <laughs> Uh, on the Blu-ray? I, I haven't watched all of the Blu-ray special features, but I'm sure in, it's in the deleted scenes, uh, is my guess. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to look at all those deleted scenes because, you know, how can how can I not? It's just yeah. more disco. <laughs> so, yeah, they get to the, uh, the big chamber, which is got just, you know, it's lousy with time crystals up in there. <laughs> lousy with it. <laughs> absolutely lousy with it you just you can't yeah. you know you can't swing your hips without it got a time crystal infestation here <laughs> and time and, crystals uh, are an actual thing i don't understand the physics of it but it's an oh, actual right. thing so it's not like yeah. just something they threw out there no but i i'm pretty sure well they tweaked yeah. the science but oh yeah, yeah. The, these For time sure. crystals do behave a bit differently than the ones that we know of. But again, it's it's science fiction, you guys. Yeah. And right. science fiction always does better when it's based in yeah, science Yeah, I'm okay facts. with it. And now here comes the part where Tanavik says, yeah, you want to see who you really are? Go ahead and touch one. But you won't like it. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically what he's inferring. So Pike grabs one. And he is thrown oh into God. not a flashback, but a flash forward. Yes. Where he is in a different uniform. You know, a, to, for us who have grown up with the original series, we know that he was a training captain. He was training cadets. And a terrible accident happened. And he was trying to get everybody out. There was a cadet who was still trying to resolve the situation, and he was just like, no, no, get out. And then there's an explosion, and uh. he's, uh, I'm pretty sure that cadet's dead, as well as some others. And uh, now he has been exposed to Delta radiation, and half of his face is melted off. Yes. And the... 
the blast door, I guess is the best word for it, has come down and you see all the cadets on the other side that are just have their hands pressed against the glass and they're crying and I'm like, yes, me too. And then the next thing you see is him in a hallway. Oh God. And I'm just like, oh, no, God. I don't want to, oh, I don't want to see this. Do you I don't want to see this. Remember when you first watched this scene yep. and after the explosion and you're in the hall, you're in the hallway and he looks over and it's like so far down the hallway. And when it slowly starts coming in, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what the fuck is this? What I think it's going to be? Is this going to be it? Oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. That was me. That was. It's still, I still feel that way. But the first time I was, I was freaking out. I was too, but for a different reason. I'm like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. It's, it's already hard enough. I don't want to see it. And yeah, yet they did I it. Just and it's okay. It's okay. It. But. It's just, yeah, I heard the sound first. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, no, don't, don't do this. This is going to just be I just kept thinking, no way. They're not going to do, they're not going to do, they're not doing this. Oh my God, they're doing this. They're doing it. <laughs> they totally did it. They're doing it. This is what, this is what we think it is. Here it comes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And so he sees himself in that wheelchair basically unable to move unable to speak unable face to do melting yeah off. face melting off etc that was a little too far and uh, <laughs> it, it i think it was you know just to drive the point home but well they sure did do that yeah. very slowly drove the point home yeah. and uh, <laughs> and basically it ends with him screaming and he falls back from the crystal and he's just horrified and so are the rest of us yeah. We're yeah, all horrified. Still chooses to take the crystal because that sacrifice is worth oh. saving all life. What did he hesitate for like one second? Yeah, I don't even think he hesitated so much as just calmed himself no, down. No, I'm Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "You are a captain in Starfleet. You stand for, you know, all of these things." And uh, and he just says to Tanovic, "No, give me the crystal." And you can and, see the respect. Oh, so much yes. respect. So much respect. And Tanavik just looks at him for a second and is just like, you'll do. And then breaks the crystal off and, and hands it to him and says, I honor you, Captain. Tanavik is my favorite Kenneth Mitchell character. So I agree. I really do love Tanavik. He's just groovy. I like Tanavik. I like his... And he's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of sexy people in this series. Yeah, um, we were speaking of quantum mechanics earlier, and how with the observer and the probability field is mm -hmm. like all futures are possible with Pike until mm -hmm. he picks up that crystal and he mm -hmm. becomes the observer, and he locks that probability in stone. That is his future as soon as he picks that up, because he's observed it. It's bound to happen. Yeah, and Janovic gives him the choice. He says, "You can, you can walk out of here." And this future won't be set. But if you take that crystal, this is what will happen. Yeah. And he takes it anyway. Because he's Pike. Yeah, of course he does. He's Pike. It, it, it's interesting to know now that Pike knows. Mm -hmm. Right. For the rest of his life. He knows that that's going to happen someday. And he doesn't know what comes after that moment. No. Just, uh, right. just that he's in that wheelchair and can't yeah. move or speak. 
it's like which will really be nice when we get to strange new worlds that's going to add a lot of depth to his to his arc Mm -hmm. in that series it is going to be an interesting undercurrent and i feel like it could possibly make him a little reckless at times yeah because he knows Hmm. he lives only so long you know and so he's going to be pretty much bulletproof until he gets to that point yeah, right. that, and that's the thing. He already knows what he has to lose. Yeah, so he's like, oh, well, I'm not a training captain yet, so obviously I can't die here. He even tries that in the season finale. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. It makes you wonder if you were shown the worst possible moment of your life, if you would choose to accept it or deny it. Mm. And that's what mm. he was shown, is like, this is the worst it's ever going to get for you. Do you accept it? Yeah. Interesting postulation. Yes, very much so. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, he goes back to Discovery and meets with Laurel and Ash and gives gives Ash the badge of the torchbearer and explains that he met Tanavik and they're happy to know that their son has a name, of course. And, it is a good name. And Lorel asked him what he what he saw, and he said that uh, it's it's something that's just for me alone, and he wouldn't share it. And you could see that he was kind of like still in the state of disbelief and kind of stunned, just the way that he yeah. talked and the way that he was kind of only seventy five percent there. But then he said. You know, I was meant to go there. I was meant to get this crystal. Your son was meant to be on Boreth, and he was meant to be there to guide me. <sighs> and so Laurel and Tyler are happy that their son is well. Pike is now haunted, but has a time crystal. So let's go find out what Spock and Burnham are doing. <laughs> See, Spock, run. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So they catch up to this Section 31 ship, only to find it basically dead in the water and a lot of dead bodies floating in space. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the first thing I thought was trap. Yep, because... I think every viewer thought that, oh, this is a trap. Yeah. yeah. And I think that both Michael and Spock also thought it was a trap. And then when one of those bodies happened to still be alive... And happened to yeah. be someone that Michael knew from her time on the Shinzo. It was like, super trap, that guy's control. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that at first, the uh, first time I saw it. Oh, I was convinced. I'm like, that is too convenient. There yeah, is that's, no way in I don't in think hell. I'm that suspicious when I first watched the shows. Well, maybe yeah, you're just I'm... open to the experience, whatever they give you. Yeah, don't maybe. Think, well, the, overthink it. The thing is, is that okay. all of this, all of this was too convenient. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like PsyOps level, where they specifically target Michael with somebody she knows, not just some random crew member, well, but I'm somebody not, I'm not she even, knows. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking yeah. about the ship checking in 10 minutes late Yeah, and knowing that Michael would want to be the one to investigate this because she now has a personal grudge with control. Right. It's not just mm. about all sentient life now. Control took her mother from her. She has got a personal grudge at this point. So, uh, and Control is very good at predicting behavior 
based on all of the information that it has gathered about everybody. So it sets up the perfect thing to get her there. And so I figured everything from that point on was just more trap. Mm -hmm. So when one person is conveniently alive and it's conveniently someone that she knew, I'm like, that's control. It's our trap. I hoped, yeah, I hoped that it was going to be not, like, the end of the episode before she realized, but it wasn't quite the end. Oh, no, we got a good battle. Yes, we did get a good battle that still makes me super tense, even though I know the outcome. Yeah. We get little nanites, like replicators, like from, what was it, Stargate? From Stargate. Stargate SG-1, the replicators. It's very, it reminds me of, it's very Terminator 2. That Also, yes. Yeah, the effect. Indeed. Yeah, Cameron Ghent. Now, that guy's good looking. Yeah, he's cute. <laughs> I don't see also, it. Also, you don't see it? Well, that's because oh, you're not on. attracted to men, darling. <laughs> you can objectively <laughs> see that he's a cute guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, you, he can objectively see that. Yeah, but, you can. You know, he doesn't. <laughs> You can objectively, and I can objectify. Ah, yes, because there's there's some nice there's some nice butt shots in this episode. There, yeah. there's a the, some more. There's a wonderful um, full backside backlit shot of Spock when he is going <laughs> to this control room. He just pauses there for a minute, and I'm like, yes. Yes, yes. Freeze that frame, print it, and put it on my wall. Um, but there's also, <laughs> there's this point where uh, Michael and Cameron are in the control, not the control room, but like the bridge oh, area, yeah, and yeah. they're working on wiring and whatnot. And he starts saying stuff that makes Michael suspicious, and she starts to reach for her phaser, and he says that if she reaches for that phaser, he'll be over there in point however many seconds and will break yeah. all the metacarpals in her hand. And then he comes over and talks to her and he walks over and he crouches down and you get a really good shot of his butt, which is also very fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those environment suits may be uncomfortable, but they sure extol a person's physical virtues. <laughs> Not uncomfortable for me to look at. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I am really not a creeper, by the way, Neither for those I. of you listening. Neither am I. Neither am I. And I don't... I can just appreciate you I know, don't a nice male physique. Agree. Any any nice physique, yes. really, but, you know. Well, I can appreciate a lovely woman's physique as much as I can appreciate sure. a man's physique. It's just where the man is concerned, I'm usually attracted to that person because I am heterosexual. But that's just me, you know, so, but I can definitely appreciate the attractiveness of a beautiful female form, like how Haley Atwell is one of the most gorgeous creatures to ever grace this earth with her presence. Who's that? She's Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Oh, I've never seen that show. It doesn't matter. She was in Captain America. She was, okay. you know, the one he was in love with that he went back in time to be with in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Yeah, she's beautiful. She is divine. She is of divine nature. So anyway, yeah, we uh, we had some nice stuff with uh, him 
with control working both Spock and Michael making that seem like, oh yes, we can isolate it. We can set a trap for it and get it into this one area and then close it off from the rest of the system. And of course that doesn't work because Gant is control. <laughs> and he also slams the door shut on, excuse me, they also it, because control isn't really a he or she, it's an it. It, yeah. uh, it basically locks uh, Spock in that control room, but Spock's a badass and starts just prying the doors open by himself. You can tell that like control is evolving because when it's first impersonating humanoids, it's much colder, mm -hmm. much more computer-like, and then as it as it starts to progress and learns more and gets more information, it start you know the the Gant thing was really convincing mm -hmm. at the beginning. Yes, it really he really seemed like he was having emotions and afraid and all that kind of stuff. So I like watching the evolution of control with what it's able to emulate as far as. Uh, you know, feelings and, 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 and humanoids express themselves. Yes. Well, I guess when you're inhabiting the body, it's a lot easier than when you're constructing a hologram. So right. that's why he was deconstructing and then reconstructing all of these people. And the yeah. whole point was him for it to get a hold of Michael because Michael yeah. was the one variable it could not control or predict the end mm -hmm. game. This is why Leland was the most important first, you know, first contact sort of situation, I suppose. Yes. Because he had, it had to kill all of the admirals. Yes. It did. So that it could yeah. manipulate their images and likenesses in order to get what it wanted, which was that sphere data. All of it was about getting the sphere mm -hmm. data. Everything was about the sphere data so that it could evolve into what it believes was the purest form of life. Uh, that is not an objective thing. Um, no, but I feel like I've seen it on another season of another Star Trek um, series recently, too. It's a very common trope, because even the <laughs> Borg are kind of-ish this. And with yeah, Picard. Picard, it's a little bit of this. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. guess it depends on your definition of pure. Uh, 2001 is space odyssey mm -hmm. where that's, how that's is why... artificial intelligence that realizes that humanity is an error <laughs> but the borg really is both like it's yeah. the assimilation and it's both of yeah. them that's why you know they wanted to graft skin onto data and all of that kind of stuff it was like the perfection in both yeah the, the perfection comes from both together right well the the way that I look at it, I mean, that's obviously what they were trying to put over, but I look at that and go, how can you be perfect when you have these two sides warring with each other? Because the organic and the mechanical are never going to peacefully coexist in one form. They're just not. They're not compatible in that way. Maybe the Borg is the bipartisanship of the organics <laughs> and inorganics. <laughs> They're like the, the independence. Bipartisan. Yeah. If that's what bipartisanship looks like, yep. oh, geez. Yep, is two incompatible philosophies working together? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're the Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Scalia. Yeah. In one form. You know, relationship. May 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 she rest in yes. peace. May she rest in power. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. 
uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were um, with... Gant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gant, Gant. Gant is uh, going to try to assimilate Michael. There's going to be some eye violence. I do not like needles in eyes. Oh. That's a really big problem for me, which is why I cannot watch the scene where Control first stabs Leland in the eye. I can't. I look away every time because it's hard. It's hard. It's like pulling an eye out for some reason doesn't bother me the same way the sticking a needle in does. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's because I am terrified Ew. of needles. <laughs> that's worse for me. Yeah. Each eye pull. That's worse well, for me. Well, you didn't even see the eye pull. And the you just Star heard... Trek writer's room must have a thing with eye violence because <laughs> it keeps showing up. Michael is going to battle Gant. Spock, meanwhile, has released himself from the room and <laughs> foolishly tries to Vulcan nerve pinch him. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. Gant says, that, that would actually work on me if I still had nerves, and then breaks his arm. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Good thing it wasn't his uh, his uh, writing his, hand, I guess. His, his dominant hand. His mini game playing hand. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> he has to go off to the side, do a mini game during this whole thing. Yes, he does. Uh, so... Michael is fighting with uh, Gant. He's trying to send out the little nanobots to assimilate her, basically. And she keeps managing to keep him at bay. But it's gotten to the point where he's just like... every All the nanites have left his body and are heading her way. And Spock, in the meantime, is trying to change the magnetism of the floor. So, Which is what I knew he was doing. As one does. Because uh, when he realized what the little nanites consisted of, he knew he could find the right combination and barely makes it. Like, there were literally all these strands of nanites about to get in her face. And uh, he does it just in the nick of time. And they all fall harmlessly to the ground. Yeah, the nanites are like Big Hero 6, too. The villain in that had that ability as well. Yes. Yes, they are like the little bots. But even smaller yeah. than these little bots. The Microbots. I love Big Hero 6. It's a great movie. Haven't seen it? You should watch it. It's really great. Never seen it's it. It's fantastic. It also makes me cry in more than a few places. Yes, it's very heartfelt. Yes, it is. And adorable. Yeah, so uh, Spock apologizes for being so late in getting that right magnetic combination. And she tells him he was just on time. <laughs> Vulcans are like wizards. They're never late. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's a quote that I really like from this episode. Uh, is it Pike that says that two truths are possible? No, that's Laurel. Or who? Laurel says, oh yeah, Laurel says that. You're saying that? I is, really like, like that you're quote. saying this as the chancellor as a, or as a mother. You of all people should know that two truths are possible. Two truths are possible. Yeah. I really like that goes back to we've talked a lot a lot about how a lot of people have conflicting feelings about p other people and circumstances in this series. And that to me is one of the things that sticks out as, as a theme for this for this show. Multiple realities, yeah. multiple, you know, different perspectives on di different situations, but they're all true and they're all valid. People are complicated. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, they have a time crystal now. And now they got to figure out what to do with it. We yep. do have a little side quest going on, uh -huh. which is... Uh, oh, I'm glad you're bringing this up. <laughs> yes. 
which is uh, Stamets and Reno and Culber. Yes. Is, uh, we have a scene where Stamets is eating with all of the other main crew that we love playing the auto antonym game. And I love how uh, they explain it to Stamets. He's like, I know what an auto antonym is. <laughs> Just kind of like, I'm not an idiot, which I really appreciate because it was one of those moments where... They, the character was explaining it for the viewing audience, mm -hmm. and another character is like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I know what autoantonym means. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. Well, that's very much in line with your slash our sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Reno comes in and sits down, and they're just eating, and then Culber comes in on the other side of the room, and of course Stamets is just gazing at him with just this very hurt expression on his face and she and reno's like that was weeks ago i thought we were through this and i thought what how could you think that that's cold and so uh he says mind your business eat your protein <laughs> then he just gets <laughs> up and leaves and uh Reno takes it upon herself to do something about it. And so she goes to sick bay. I've got a hangnail. Says, no, she doesn't say she has a hangnail. She says, oh. I need medical attention. And she's yeah. got this finger in the air. And then he, she sits down and Hugh comes over and uh, he looks at it and he says, it's a hangnail. <laughs> and she says, it hurts like a bitch. And it's one of the two things that are preventing me from getting my work done. <laughs> One of and, them rhymes with poo. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> and while he's... Uh, Which technically isn't true because hue and poo yeah, does not no, rhyme. It's not a perfect rhyme. I think rhyme, she even says she's okay. not a poet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She does say that. And he he's he sprays something on her finger. She goes, ow! What was that? And he says, medical attention. <laughs> yeah. I love how he says that so much. Yeah, that's very in line with the hue that we knew. Yeah. The hue that we knew. Hue. Our hue. Hue and new do rhyme. Our hue, if you hue. Say new Our sweet hue. With a liquid and Yes. Liquid you. New. Um, it's like done. a hue. <laughs> oh, boy. So he sees a, a wedding band on her forefinger. And he says, oh, I didn't know you were married. And she talks about her wife. And he asks where she is now. And he says... You know, she passed, but they were, he was, Rena was talking about how she went berserk during the wedding. And then Hugh starts talking about his wedding, you know, the do not playlist for the DJ <laughs> dress code for guests under six and all this ridiculous <laughs> stuff. I like that, that, you know, this is a very touching scene and like, I like that Reno says people like that always find people like or we, people like us always end up with people like that and thank god mm -hmm. or something like that because people like us always find people like them and thank god yeah i like that she is feeling a connection to hugh and that they're similar in that moment mm -hmm. although i really think that reno and stamets are much more similar mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of their conflict comes from oh absolutely oh, yeah. well Stamets doesn't seem to really like to press Reno's buttons anymore. It's more of Reno liking to press Stamets' buttons. She gets yeah. a kick out of that for some reason. And we see a little bit of that in season three trailers. 
and there is this uh, uh I'm, i've been trying to decide how to broach this subject because there is like in the gay community there's often some rivalry moments of rivalry between cisgender gay men and lesbians and there's like sometimes it involves some misogyny on the part of we gay men and you know because lesbians are women and women are often the sub the the subjects of misogyny mm-hmm. and so I, I i find that it's fascinating to look at the dynamic of stamets and reno specifically in having encountered things like that in my own life Interesting. that is fascinating you know and talk and, and talking with you know my my lesbian friends about situations like that and just that there's there is has historically been some conflict not i'm not saying everybody or all the time but it happens mm-hmm. Well, and uh, as far as misogyny, women are always the subject of misogyny because that pertains right. specifically to women. If it were men, it would be misandry. Ah. Yes, I know these things. <laughs> I didn't know yes. that. Look it up. <laughs> and be- well, you're not stupid. Because of sexism, <laughs> misan- misanthropy is to all people. Yes. Even though it has the same root as, as anthro being man. Anyway, they have a nice little conversation, and then Reno says, you know, you've got a second chance. Don't screw it up. And she pats him on the shoulder, and she leaves. And he just kind of... She's just a little Cupid. I love it. She is. Well, she... Her her thought, in you know, if, she, if anyone were to ask her outright, why did you do that? She would say, because I need Stamets on his A game. But there was a little bit of affection actually going on there too, as much as she would absolutely deny it. Yeah, I mean, she's she sees, you know, she she lost her wife, mm-hmm. and so she she wants to not have someone experience have to experience that if they can possibly help it, or if she can possibly help it. Giorgio mm-hmm. does the same thing; mm-hmm. she helps them too. She's she's a little matchmaker with them as well. In her own way. Reno is like a problem solver, and it goes from fixing people who have, you know, medical emergencies to, you know, repairing the ship to repairing relationships. It's like she's just going around fixing whatever problem just reveals itself. Yeah, Yeah, because she can read. Yeah. That's her big (laughs) thing. Yeah. I, I love Reno. And, you know, we all know, already all know that... This part was written for her, mm-hmm. and yeah, I can't believe that they were so perfect at the writing, because basically it's just Tignataro, <laughs> Jan- and she's apparently very bad at memorizing her lines. Oh yeah, too. she hates technobabble. She hates it. <laughs> she she's not too bad at memorizing the lines. It's the technobabble that's hard for her. So yeah. But that's hard. Yeah, for but you know, she's so lovable. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's that's not her thing. That's and fine. I am just grateful that she is still here on this earth because she went through that's for damn a sure. very, very scary bout of cancer, mm-hmm. and I'm just very grateful that she's still around. Me too. And that she's on Star Trek. Never yeah. thought I'd see that day. I mean, I, I would never have looked at Tignataro and go, yeah, they should get her on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> she should be an engineer, yeah. <laughs> She's just right. so perfect. <laughs> it works. It works so brilliantly. It, it truly, truly does. And she wasn't she even like, what? What? Why? What? 
I'm going to say something really weird, and Dave's going to get this, but Chris, you probably won't because you haven't seen Babylon 5. But Dave, you know the thing that Tanavik was wearing on his head? It just really super reminded me of the Minbari. <laughs> oh, yeah, their little bone skull kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. really made me think of that. Mm. I can't unsee that now. Mm. Just like, oh, that looks like a Minbari head. Oh, wait, now I've sealed that connection for time and all eternity, and that's all I'll ever be able to think when I look at that. Well, the Minbari themselves had a very religious fraction of their society, so it mm. would make sense that there'd be some parallels. Yes. Oh, I just Googled him, yes. <laughs> totally. Of course he would Google them. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's cool. Yeah. Babylon 5 is great. Right. Anyway, so that is, uh, that's pretty much the end of... Uh, through the valley of shadows, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for thou well, art with me. Oh, amen. <laughs> well, and we have to blow up Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't uh, get rid of the sphere data. Won't let it be deleted. I don't know why they thought that blowing the ship up would work. Yeah. <laughs> Again, know. it's just like, guys, it's defending itself. If deleting the data didn't yeah. work. Like... So, yeah, so... Uh, How irresponsible. Totally. It's just it's just one of those things where they just... They're not used to this. They're not used to... Think a little harder, guys. <laughs> well, they're... They're really off kilter because all of the stuff that's been happening throughout the season... Nothing in Starfleet prepared them for this. And none of it makes sense. No. Like, it's like, they don't know what the hell's going yeah. on. They don't know how anything's connected, who's doing what, where's it from, what's it from. They don't know anything about nothing. Yeah. They're just running around and, you know. I get the impression they have, like, a troubleshooter's guide at the end of the manual. You know, how to deal with data that's trapped <laughs> on your computer system. It's like, attempt to delete it. Attempt to isolate it. Uh, blow up the ship. The human that's been grafted onto a Klingon's body. And whatever he says. At the how to, very bottom of that no how to list is like, put it into the future. <laughs> right. Yes. Go to the future. Yeah. So uh, Pike sends a message to Enterprise to have them meet up and be prepared to accept full crew compliment. In other words, they're evacuating Discovery. And mm -hmm. it ends there. And then we had to wait a whole week to see how this would go. And yet we knew we weren't going to get really a ton of conclusion because we knew it was called Such Sweet Sorrow Part 1. <sighs> how about those uh, gantries, those bridges that connect the evacuation between... corners? Yeah. I... Oh, my God. Okay, so seeing the Enterprise again, just... Mm, but also yeah. how Discovery was basically turning itself over in space to oh, match up yeah. with them. Because that's the thing about space. It's three-dimensional. There's an X and right. a Y and a Z axis, y'all. So there's no, ups, there's no up or down, Yeah, right? so when you come out of warp, that doesn't mean your ships are automatically going to be side by side. Oh, no. You've got to match up. And just that whole sequence was just so pretty. Just so that was beautiful. So pretty. And Discovery just keeps coming up with all these little tricks and treats. So many. So many. Indeed. You know, the 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 all of the camera things at the end of season one and the little things, the pods at the beginning of season two and then evacuation corridors. Yeah. 
What else? Don't we also get a mention from number one that she's upgraded all the pods and the worker bees for combat? Uh, yes, but I... yes, because she's a badass. Yeah. And be this is uh, actually, I believe, in part two, but I could be wrong. Oh, um, oh, in case the ship hits. In the case fan? the ship hits the fan, which yeah. they did wrong <laughs> in the subtitles. They actually put in shit did... and not ship. <laughs> no way. And she very clearly says ship. Look at her lips, people. Look at her lips anyway, Come because on. she's gorgeous. But her lips say they're ships. in Kenya, by the way. According to their Instagram. Oh. Yeah. Huh. There's like pictures of Jerry, Jerry and Rebecca and their kids, and they're just like on a safari in mm. Kenya or something. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I hope they're not actually on a safari because being on a safari usually involves killing animals. And so I would appreciate that they. I don't know if it's. That. No, I don't. I don't mean. I mean <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't think so. I doubt okay. that. Because that's the definition of a safari. I don't know. It looked like they were in a Jeep or something. Go out into the wild know. and kill me an elephant. Hope y'all are having fun. Yeah. Don't kill the animals. You can shoot them just with cameras. Yes, that is true. And Rebecca has already laid down the law that in their household, she is top number one. So. Right. She's the number one of number ones in that house. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, blowing up Discovery doesn't work. Doesn't work. Does not work. Did anyone really think it was going to work? No. But before that happens... They're evacuating the ship. You see Tilly grabbing a bunch of stuff and then grabs, she's about to leave and then comes back and grabs a snow globe. And I'm like, oh, snow globe. (laughs) And uh, just about everybody's gone. And Pike comes to see Michael, who's in this chamber, in the science lab with this time crystal. And, you know, she doesn't understand why it would lead them to a time crystal. And then, you know, what, what are they supposed to do with it? They're still signals that they haven't seen what's supposed to happen here and before she leaves he says come on we gotta go and he leaves and she touches the time crystal and she sees of course she does of course she does well reno does it too later not not in yeah of course she does not in this particular (laughs) episode but she does it later (laughs) and uh and then she's uh she goes over to the enterprise okay how beautiful is the enterprise bridge Oh yeah, just so beautiful. Just the sounds so and everything. Shiny. Yep. Yeah, it's just so shiny and new. Uh, it, unless you're Giorgio and just like Ugh, orange, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cock tease them putting the the Enterprise bridge on, yeah. you know, because they're new. That the moment that we saw it, all the fans are going to be like, more, mm-hmm. more, more. We want more. We want more. We want a whole show and want look at this for the whole yep, show. Those- you know, submarine pings. They're just in the dangling the carrot. Mm. That's exactly the carrot in front what of us. Akiva Goldsman wanted everyone <laughs> yes. to feel because he wanted that Pike series and he wanted to be in charge of that Pike series, and he is. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't blow up. Other weird things happen, and Michael realizes she's been having a time vision this whole time. And now we're back oh, to the part where they're f- about to fire torpedoes on Discovery because it didn't blow up. And she's she says, stop. And she explains why it's not going to work. And Spock's just looking at her like, well, logical. <laughs> yeah. And what about her weird vision of Leland showing up and just murdering everybody? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, that's uh, that does come to pass with the way he arrives on the ship. But yeah. the outcome is not the way she saw it. Which, nope. Okay, why? Well, I think well, 
the future, as far as the immediate future, is still always in flux and will change depending on individual decisions. But Pike's vision was guarantee is guaranteed. Is it because he was the original taker of the time crystal? Or... I don't know how it works, but his future was much further in the future, whereas this future was a few minutes from now. Yeah. Well, also Michael touched it but didn't take it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Hmm. So we'll we'll go with that. Uh, Dave, thanks for head cannoning yeah. it on. for us. Appreciate <laughs> yes. that. Yes, I thought thanks. that was pretty clear, but I don't know. It doesn't get exactly explained. Anyway, they get they all go back to Discovery with like we packed for nothing. And all of that <laughs> evacuating the corridors, all yeah. for yeah. nothing. And and Cornwell is uh is in charge of Enterprise right now, which is she she was immediately ready to just give it back to Pike, but uh, you know they had to go back to discovery and they have a little conference and they're like okay we can't destroy the ship we can't destroy the data how do we keep this out of control's hands and michael realizes that the only way they can do it is to take it out of this time Mm -hmm. and so that's when the plan hatches to use the time crystal to take discovery to the future and, and that's all in the cold open, yes. right? And then it's the opening credits. And then when we come back, it's as if they needed the thing that they needed most happened, which is signal number five. Oh, and yeah. it's over Zahia. And yes. Yeah. And what a beautiful planet. Oh, oh my God. Yes, so beautiful. And Tilly's like, what? Zahia? What? Really? And they're like, yeah, why? And she's like, I just, it's, and it's nothing. It's just, I, I know the Queen of Zahia. And they're like, you know the Queen of Zahia? She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I withheld the information that she came on board the ship mm-hmm. and hung out she with me. She was a stowaway. And Tilly <laughs> yeah. didn't and want... And I didn't tell anybody. Tilly didn't want her to get in trouble. And Tilly didn't want <laughs> to get in trouble. So well. she didn't say anything. <laughs> That's that is inappropriate and against regulation. She should have reported it. I get why she didn't, but yeah. Well, should and did are two different things. And Starfleet officers break the rules constantly. They, they so do. They're not. Perfect. If anything, it proves her metal even more that she didn't. Mm-hmm. Because she loves to talk, <laughs> but she kept that secret. Oh yeah. She kept that secret until you know they were. At Zahia. <laughs> and I like how she has ice cream ready for her when she mm-hmm. teleports over. Spumoni? Yes. She is so beautiful. Poe po is glorious. Oh my God. Like she, oh, what? Oh, she's just a glows. She glows, you know? And I yeah. love how she and Giorgio automatically don't get along. Well, Giorgio yeah. just thinks, oh, here's this kid who doesn't know anything about anything. And I love when Poe says, you know, the best thing about being queen of the most politically relevant planet in the galaxy is that I don't have to listen to any snark. Because <laughs> yeah, she did. She made it a law. Not only is she queen, she developed a system that re-energizes dilithium crystals. Right? Recrystallizes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We better get more Poe on Strange New Worlds. I would love that. Yeah, that would make sense. Prediction. Yeah. I would love that. That would make me super happy. 
because yeah. we'd, we'd have to find out what was going on with all the goings on of <laughs> them trying to get that formula of how to do that. Everybody trying to get that formula. And meanwhile, Poe and Reno like hit it off immediately because they're two no nonsense people. Yeah. Yeah. And she she just like uses the spoon and starts doing physics yeah, calculations just, in the air. Writing formulas in the air. And and Poe says uh, Reno says that's what she's doing and Poe looks at her and says, I like you and Reno says, I like you too. I like you too. <laughs> <laughs> they so, kinda wink at each other. It's kinda nice. So Poe says that she can create an incubator basically, that will charge the time crystal without having to have the energy of a supernova. Because, you know, firing an antimatter torpedo into a star to get a supernova is not on the list of right answers for how yeah. you charge There's that no bad crystal. ideas. Now, that was a bad idea. That, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. So they're working on that. Uh, and Michael has the blueprints of the red angel suit so they've got to build it they 3d print it they they, they kind of do 3d print it really it's yeah. i guess that's what a replicator is is a three an advanced yeah. 3d printer yeah they have a very limited amount of time while and they're I think doing they, it they're not really bitchy <laughs> oh yeah super tense yeah they're all they're tense. working on a deadline for sure Oh my god, but it's so tense. Yeah. I'm and, like, and uh. even even Stamets, though he has been more awful in the past when it comes to being under pressure, he's like, no, the EPS manifolds have to be purged each time. Watch me, <laughs> something like that. I don't know if that's what he, exactly what he said. Something had to be purged every time, and that wasn't being purged. And then he's like, watch me. So he wasn't <laughs> being as much of a jerk as he could have been, but. Uh, when people were making mistakes, like bumping into each other, then Michael's like, off the line. That poor guy's like, sorry, Commander. Yeah. Sorry. Guess I'll go to the Enterprise. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not going to go to the future with you, <laughs> so I'm going to go over to the Enterprise. Okay? You took my stapler. So you took me, so. Yeah. And the, the one problem... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna need you to move One your gonna desk burn this place down. into this corner. Just you watch me. <laughs> oh, office space. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, Milton. Um, yep. Yeah, Way back in the day, office Saturday space is basically a live action Milton oh. cartoon. Oh my God, Jennifer Aniston. Where's all your flair? Wait, wait. wait. I never actually yeah. saw all of I the haven't movies. either. I actually prefer it to Idiocracy. I saw all the good parts with Milton That's and Mike Gary Judge. Cole. <laughs> I prefer The Office. <laughs> mm. That's fair. Okay, so here's the thing with the incubator. The downside to the incubator is that it will charge the crystal, but as Reno says, it's trying like trying to get a drink of water from a waterfall. Uh, you know, it'll fill you up, but then oh, you yeah, drown. Which means it will burn out after the jump. One-way trip. Right one-way trip doesn't stop michael nope. she's gonna do it also we have uh, we have Sarek oh, meditating yeah and i'm assuming that's what he's doing is meditating and he's sitting there on the beach so with a bunch pretty. of incense or whatnot and then suddenly his eyes open and he says michael and he knows what she's up to because She's got a little bit of his Katra. So, and I thought, oh, 
why are you showing me this? And then later they show up on Discovery. <laughs> like, yeah, we know this is the last time we're going to see you. So let's have a real emotional scene that is going to make Brandy just cry buckets. Oh, my God. The Michael's goodbye scene. Oh, my Holy God. Holy crap. Yes. And then the Amanda Sarek. It's like the parents seeing their kid off to college. So you know? much. She's just going to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But never seeing them again. Yeah. And when she and 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 right after she mm. goes, they're going to be long dead. And and pr- and one of the hardest yeah. things is Pike leaving. That's tough. Oh but yeah, he's got his own show to do. <laughs> it's like I'm leaving. I got I got my own show. <laughs> I mean, we get I two spinoffs in one season. You know, yeah, two, two spinoffs and a time jump. <laughs> yeah, not complaining about that. Um. But yeah, we knew Pike wasn't going to go into the future the because time crystal. he knew he couldn't yeah. let him because reasons and time crystal. Also, we get so many fake out goodbyes from Pike in this season, like from the first <laughs> episode. And then it's like, well, my mission's over. Psych, just kidding. I'm staying. Well, I guess we're all going to go. The- nope, just He's kidding. Come tease. back to Discovery. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm leaving because <laughs> um, Burnham's going to go. Oh, but no, not yet. Because you're all going to go. <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing. It was going to be just the ship on autopilot and Michael was going to take it into the future herself because no one else could do it. The blueprints were made very specifically for a certain biosignature and that is uh, Gabrielle Burnham and Michael's mitochondrial DNA does match that biosignature and therefore she can pilot the suit. Yes, oh, I yeah. know the science. Talk, talk techno babble <laughs> to me, baby. <laughs> Ooh, mitochondrial DNA is not techno babble. That's real shit, well, baby. Y- yeah, there's a video game called Parasite Eve all about it. Oh my god, that's a crazy ass game, and I loved it. It was so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, mu- mutations that are passed down through the inheritance through their mother. Ooh, that sort of thing. It's a crazy horror game. Really yeah. enjoyed that. Cra- who are you really calling a crazy that? horror? <laughs> Crazy horror. 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 Terror. Game. Horror. Scary movie. Scary. Scary. Not scary. Scary. I'm scared. (sighs) Scared. Yeah, so um, Tilly wasn't present on the bridge when Michael had her big goodbye with everybody, and so she shows up in their quarters and... And she knows something Michael doesn't. You just did this big goodbye, and I wasn't even there to cry over it, and... Michael says, well, we can have our goodbye. She says, no, we we don't have to. And she takes her out into the hall. And there's this group of people, including all of the regular cast <laughs> and Spock. And Spock. And, and, and Ash saying, you know, we're going with you. Well, Ash isn't really saying, no, we're going with you. Ash is kind of in the background going, oh, shit. I can't. I can't because I've got to solve another problem. <laughs> and he does tell her that, you know, he, he pulls her aside and he and he lets her know that he can't go with her. And she, of course, is heartbroken. I can't with and this he's goodbye, with this scene. I know. With I know, the kiss I know, and the I know, love. I know. And, oh, my I God. Know. Like, she's gonna, she's walking away without even, you know, hugging him or anything like that. And then she turns around and runs back into his arms. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the best romantic movie ever. And then she pivots and just walks off dutifully and doesn't even look back. Doesn't even look back. Yeah, she can't. I love she that. Can't. I love that she just mm-hmm. cuts it. She does it and she leaves. She's She's got to go. Doesn't look back. 
don't know. That's the end. Seeing footage from season three, is she trading up? Oh, she's trading up. She's getting her some David Ajala action, yo. Oh, oh yes. And she gets a cat. And and she's a cat. Domesticated. They're a package deal. Book and grudge. Package deal, baby. Oh, she just had her baby, right? Oh, nice. uh, she recently did yes, have her baby she, a few weeks ago. So beautiful. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Yeah, there's two has two babies no they have a boy and a girl yes. two babies so well done kenrick and sinequa yeah. and i think her hair is look was looking blonde in the picture that i saw she looked so mm. beautiful and her baby too oh my it, god it's like even just having given birth and yes. she looks that good damn damn girl yeah. damn <laughs> oh so yeah we've got uh We've got all the cry fest, and we've got oh, not even crew. yet, not yet even. We do you I think know, this I know, episode know, was bad? Yeah, but this this is a lot, and so oh yeah, it doesn't. Everybody write their letters now. Next episode, yeah, or is that coming next time? Yeah, next that's that's everybody writing their letters home that that yeah. uh, their relatives may never actually even get because of regulations and making it all super right. Super. I never even thought about that because of certain rules regarding well, discovery that hmm. well maybe they knew yeah, is, that is that redacted i don't know they may have just not sent them and then i don't know or maybe they got there before the whole yeah. crackdown on talking about discovery may maybe they were transmitted well, before yeah. the actual i mean obviously in the messages in the messages they're not telling them hey fast. we're going to the future they're not saying that but they do know that there's a battle, yeah. so they could have right. just oh, yeah. said goodbye, like send them letters just in case we die. Yeah. So they could still die by you know. being blown up. Yeah. Um, also, I have a little nitpick no. at the end of part one when Giorgio says, I'm the emperor from your mirror universe. I, this is the only, the first and only time that it's ever been referred to as mm. the mirror universe on screen. And mm-hmm. I kind of don't like that because I like that we call it the mirror universe. Yeah. But for her to say it, I'm like, eh. Like it's since it's never been mentioned, never been self-referenced as the mirror universe. I don't love that. But I love the moment between them. I just don't like that particular. I have a similar problem line. with Doctor Who with this episode called "The Doctor's Wife," where they point out how the TARDIS. Oh isn't broken it takes the doctor where he needs to be that's something that was never really stated until this episode and it was subtext that every fan knew and so it was pointless to say it right and there it was written right there in text you know and spoken on screen and that was written by neil gaiman and it was just it was like blunt force to me i did not like that episode well i have my issues with neil gaiman i don't think he understands subtext very well I think everything's very textual when it comes like his symbolism is really heavy handed because he doesn't understand like subtlety in in writing. That's fair. And I think that's the case here is her saying specifically mirror universe. That's something for the fans to call right. it. You don't need to call it another universe would be fine. Well, I think that she she said it like she was regurgitating what she had found in logs or whatever. Uh. Your mirror universe, like so, stuff that came before, like I guess yeah, the Enterprise says, episode. But according to her, yeah, if it's from her perspective, they are her mirror universe. So, 
Yeah. And yes, she's That's resigned weird. to the fact that she is now a part of their universe. So, I don't know. Yeah. That's a very valid nitpick. Thank you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I do like that. Uh, what? The what? Pipe works works yep. <laughs> yeah. Which means either he was already briefed or Michael told him. I, he didn't know the whole time. The first time that he meets up with Giorgio, he did yeah. not know. He did know later. Well, he, he did have this. He suspected something was up. He did because he asked Michael about it more more than once, and that was one of those situations where she said, "You know, I'm asking. It's a longer conversation. I'm asking you to trust me," and he says, "I do, but I'm not going to wait forever for these answers either." Right. So I'm guessing that off screen that Somebody. conversation finally happened. So right. that's why he would know. But Pike's good at keeping a secret, so it's all good. So yeah, so many so many character moments in this episode. There's uh, one thing that really that really grabs me every time when Michael says that she is the only one that can take discovery into the future. You see a shot of Spock and he's just got this little micro expression that lets you know he is not happy about right. that. He's not happy. He's like, "No. No, not her again." And it's just so brilliantly done. So subtle. And yet so powerful. He's just not happy. Very I have six cry points in oh, wow, this episode. Six. I hate the last, I have the more last than six. watch anyway. I have more than six. Like I notated them because I wanted Brandy to know. <laughs> please please let me know. Oh, yeah, that's I the will. list. <laughs> do you want me to tell you them now or tell do you want to go, as we go through the episode? Oh, okay. are we gonna go through the rest of the, the second part then? It doesn't matter. I will say that we talked about the difference at, 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 on one episode. I think it was the uh, we talked. We've been talking a couple times about the difference between temporal and temporal. Mm -hmm. And the computer says temporal in this episode when she's in the suit. Well, you know, text it to says temporal. Is never that accurate. <laughs> <laughs> they really rushed that whole. Ruin program. all of my nitpicks. <laughs> you make everything make sense. <laughs> yeah, we're good at that. Both of you. We're, we're very good at that rationalization. Even with things I hate, yeah. I'm good at rationalizing, yeah. you know, how that can be. The, I will say the first time, first one in the episode is the boys. When they, when Hugh and, Hugh and Stamets, that moment, that, mm -hmm. that gets me every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. You're my yeah. home. Oh, all of that stuff. Like. Mm -hmm. And that's early-ish in yeah, the episode. Yeah, it's a good place to start. You're my family. <laughs> okay, so I have another nitpick with such sweet Ooh. sorrow part. Ooh, it's a, nitpick a brandy that I have nitpick. Expressed more than one time. Uh -huh. Oh, I was on the live show for this episode too, but I don't yes. remember you talking about it. Uh, it's when. Detmer is explaining that they need to be in the perimeter outmost radius of the battle, you know, and uh, number one says, I can't punch through what you're saying. Uh, no, I'm sorry, but number one is the smartest person in that room, even on her own ship. She is the smartest person there. There is no way in hell she didn't understand what Detmer was, was saying. Didn't you even say, say that in yeah. English? When they're both at the yeah. helm, yeah, yeah, she says in no English, sense. I can't punch, 
I can't punch a hole through what you're yeah. saying. And I'm just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, that mm-mm, was really mm-mm, 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 no unnecessary. No, mm-hmm. that that was out of character. Because yeah. number one Agreed. is way smarter, and it's than an that. overused line anyway. When somebody speaks something like scientific and they say speak English, it's like, well, it was English. Usually, you just I don't understand what I say is pretend I'm stupid yeah. and tell me that again. <laughs> say that to me like I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah say that to me like i wasn't yeah. listening <laughs> that's usually how i do i never say now say it in english never ever 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 I hate that so much yeah it's <sighs> it's overused it's cliche yeah battle's gonna start ship's gonna hit the fan y'all yeah it, indeed uh, although section 31 ships are showing mm-hmm. up there's a little standoff for a little while a little saber yeah. rattling well of course Leland shows up and says that uh, it wants its time, its sphere data, and if it gets the sphere data, it will leave them all alone. But they know that that's not true because they know that eventually control will destroy all sentient life except for itself. Right. So they're like, nah, nah, you're not going to get it. Ooh, and, I have a head uh, cannon. Yes. What if the sphere data contains the same kind of AI stuff that's in Picard? This has been talked about, yeah. And that that's what triggers their like murderous quest to eliminate all organic life. Well, you know, to be I I it's really obvious that there are a lot of similarities and even with the design with the little ship that they encounter from the future and then what we saw at the very end of Picard season 1, mm-hmm. the tentacle yeah. looking things, but I think in all reality, they're completely unrelated. Mm. Agree. It's been pointed out a lot that, you know, it's, well, it's sort of the same story. People want to see connections where there aren't necessarily connections because I can't tell you how many times during season two I had to tell people, no, it's not, it's the, not the beginning of the Borg. <laughs> it's not. Right. It's not. It's yeah, there's not. no organic well, stuff people at all think that involved. Yeah. People want to think that they get to you know oh my god i wonder if it's this like people's imaginations run away with them and they think they want to they want to figure something out so bad that they'll make stuff up yeah but the borg already exist in the time of discovery the borg have Mm -hmm. existed for some time prior to this they existed pre-enterprise yeah and they've they came back in time too so they've Mm -hmm. been you know, they've been so around. they've been here since basically twenty sixty something. They've been here since the nineteen. <laughs> what was first contact day? Yeah, when was that? First contact day was what? I don't remember. Um, nineteen, not nineteen, twenty sixties. Yeah, because I want to say it's like twenty sixty six. The eugenics war was in the nineties. Yeah, eugenics wars were in the nineties. That's when Khan went in, into space on the Botany Bay with his little acolytes. Yeah. And, Okay, April 5th, 2063. Oh, okay. oh, 2063. See, I knew I was somewhere in the 60s. Thank you for looking that up, Chris. I appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Um, so, yeah, there's this confrontation with uh, with Leland, and I do love Giorgio saying, yum. invite him aboard. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no. Because oh, yeah. she wants to head. accelerate the confrontation, she knows there's going go, she knows there's going to be a confrontation. She's prepared for this confrontation, and she knows that control knows her moves and what she will do, 
and she subverts expectations. And apparently Leland is like the core processor of the whole thing. Yes, Leland is the core processor of control at this point. So. He's the control yeah. of control. He's the control of control. He's Indeed. the comptroller. <laughs> the comptroller. <laughs> it's so fits, damn it. <laughs> Look up comptroller, you'll understand. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I loved uh, Saru quoting Sun Tzu. I'm saying that wrong. Um, Sun Tzu. Yep. And or him Sunze. being in temporary command. I'm mm. pretty sure he's going to remain captain, don't you think? I think you so. You think so? I think so. I think that they're, they're never going to have a captain. <laughs> I think that he will be temporary captain Until as long the as end it takes for them to find Sonequa again because they're separated, which is at least a year, it seems. And so, like, I don't know. I, I don't I think. And then she'll come back and they'll be like, and now to that business about the captain. Oh, let's wait until later to talk about that. And it's just never going to happen. No, I really think Saru will be captain. That's just me. <laughs> what if they do a joint captainship? What if they're co-captains? That would be weird and awkward. It would be weird. Yeah, but... they'd have to get a third in there and be like a triumphant. That way they could have a tiebreaker. Yeah, they'd have to have a holy trinity. You can't do it yeah. with just two. It wouldn't work. Mm. So where was I? Giorgio... <laughs> I I actually it could think it's be funny. mom. It could be Gabrielle. Could become the captain. It's she's possible. Around. She's still Starfleet. Oh no, she's is she? She was I thought she was just Starfleet. like a research scientist. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wasn't it an independent thing? And Section Thirty One was working yeah. with them, kind of like Stamets in the Spore Drive. Well, he has you no know, because he Michael's dad has Starfleet insignia, oh. Section Thirty One insignia in. The girl who made the stars. Right. Okay. Yeah, but does that make him Starfleet? I don't know. Hmm. It's hard to say. Not necessarily. It's hard to say. In any case, <laughs> I do something I've been trying to say for like 10 minutes now. I <laughs> Some people love this part. Some people hate it. I actually get a kick out of it. Leland, we were just talking about you. Everybody hates you. Congratulations. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love that. I thought the part everybody hated was yum. Yum, yum. Yum, yeah. yum. Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird it, line. It's weird, but she's Barzan. I don't know her customs. Yeah. So I don't know. know about she's Barzans? freaky. I, I like it. I like it. I like a little bit of freak. Non's a little freaky. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Giorgio says that by her count, he's got 30 ships. And he says, count again. And the ship hits the fan, y'all. <laughs> oh, oh yeah these little ships come out we talked about this in the live show when it aired that it reminded me of beyond mm -hmm. with all of the little the bees the yeah the uh beehive yeah that formed yeah. like a tidal wave and then mm -hmm. the beastie boys kind of break yes. up their signal well if you're gonna do something noisy and loud <laughs> beastie boys yeah. works that's one of the funniest The rhythm scenes. and the shouting. I like the rhythm and the shouting. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love her. Oh, Jayla. Everybody I loves I gotta get Jayla. the little Funko Pop Jayla. Oh, that'd be nice. I have, my, I have my Jayla pin. My Jayla fan says pin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, um, this 
battle is very Star Wars as opposed to Star Trek because there's so many small fighters employed. And that's usually not something Star Trek does. Usually it's big ships against big ships. Yeah, well, the the only thing that's even remotely comparable within Trek series is the battle at Wolf 359, Wolf 359. which we still don't even get to see all of. Mm. We get to see very little of. But like little single man fighters? Yeah, no. They yeah. Don't, There's no people in there. They don't expect a small one-man fighter to be any threat, or they'd have a tighter defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found that unusual, but it makes sense because they set it up for that because they knew they're undergunned, and so they needed to retrofit all these, all these escape pods and shuttles for combat. Yes. I should mention, lest we forget, that before all of the ship hits the fan, Tyler does pull Pike aside and says, I have something that I need to do that will help, but it means leaving before all of this starts. And you don't really oh, see Pike's right. response, but at that point he trusts Ash. So I'm pretty sure that he's just like, do what you got to do and didn't even ask. Didn't even ask. Right. So, so Ash is gone. Uh, all of the all this all the stuff <laughs> ashes happens. to ashes, dust to dust. <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there are so many amazing visual effects in this scene when the fighting starts, and the oh, the old yeah. school sound of phasers and photon torpedoes. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it just made me cry with happiness. <laughs> just like thank you. And yeah. I like that uh, Poe figures out that you need to simultaneously target them. Yeah, you that have you to can't come just oh, yeah. single fighter. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that she's out there in a shuttle and Pike's like, uh, your majesty, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, she explains. And so he gives directions to the fleet and says, follow the queen. Yep. Because she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But what, what kind of queen would she be if she just sat on her throne and yeah. didn't join the combat to she, save she, yeah the she's well that's the thing is that they they got away from zahia but her planet is uh in, in danger as much as everyone else and her planet is her sister so of course she's going to defend it with her life they're trying to get the the crystal charged they finally finished getting it charged thanks to reno uh being in the room with the crystal mm -hmm. well it's uh Getting all freaky on everybody's mind. Well, just Reno's because she's the only one in the room. And they've got to get it to the suit. Suit's done. And so they're they're rushing away. And uh, they are, you know, Saru is like, you know, hurry. And Reno's like, yes, get, I, I will. Get off my ass. Get off my ass, sir. Get off, yeah. sir. Get off my ass, sir. So everybody's rushing to get the crystal to the suit and the suit to the shuttle bay. There is an accident with one of the turbo lifts and Stamets is critically injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Tilly's super upset. <laughs> yeah, carries him off. Yeah. So Tilly and Nilsson take Stamets to uh, sick bay while... Uh, Michael and Spock and the Crystal are racing towards the shuttle bay. Oh, this is so... Uh, it's so tense. So yeah, tense. Yeah, it's so fast-paced. These, like, these, this two-parter is just go, 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 go. It is. There's there's a lot. There are some quiet moments, but very, very few. Yeah. Uh, I do like Pollard 
radioing, radioing, <laughs> communicating with the bridge, <laughs> spacing. asking if anyone can help and, you know, with the wounded and Saru says, you know, everyone's committed to every, to stuff, you know, do your best. And she says, yeah, because now's the perfect time to start half-assing it. Yeah. <laughs> I love I like how she's just power. so exhaustedly sarcastic in that moment. Yeah. Snarky doctor. Snarky Pollard. And when they finally get uh, Stamets there, I, even though his back, he was in the background and his back was to the camera, I knew that Culver was there. I saw him. Oh, yeah. I recognized him from behind. I knew he was there. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. so yeah. that's going to be really loud. I'm going to have to de-amplify that in the edit. <clears throat> so, yeah. And, and then we get that really emotional scene a bit later. Uh, where uh, Hugh sees Paul and is immediately trying to stabilize him, and he's like, "I'm gonna have to induce coma to, you know, keep you stable, etc." And he Aww, explains so that he takes care. Everything of comes back to you. You're my family. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh. We do have a little bit of a quiet moment when they finally reach the shuttle base, Bach and Burnham. And mm -hmm. the suit's there, and she puts the time crystal in it, and Spock tells her, it's your mother and it's you. Trust what you've done together. I know. I love that. Oh. I like how she gets into the track start position. Yeah. She gets in the suit, and uh, there, there's some more moments. Now, most of the time when Michael is being the Red Angel, there is an ethereal choir going on in the music as yeah. well which i noticed the <laughs> very first time that i saw this episode and absolutely adore and love and i love listening to those tracks just on their own in the soundtrack it just um it gives me goosebumps <laughs> reminds me of sephiroth <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's way it's a lot more quiet than that yeah <laughs> that that was way more dramatic this is just more uh, I'm experiencing something that very few humans ever have, and we're all going on that journey with her of how bucked up it is to travel through yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Wormholes. They will mess you up. We get another, um, if this is the time, we get another ride for a theme park where she's flying through all the pods and stuff, and they're all protecting her. They're all protecting oh, her, circling yeah. around her. Yeah, that's that's a great scene. It's like a video game, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, Spock was supposed to be guiding her from Discovery, and he's like, no, do it in a shuttle. And so they, and Spock times the dropping of their shields with, you know, them leaving the shuttle bay very quickly. And of course, Leland is waiting for something like that to happen so that he can get on board Discovery, and he does right. that very thing. Dang. Hey, there's a moment between, isn't there a moment between Cornwell and number one somewhere? Uh, there will be as soon as there is a okay. torpedo that is lodged in oh, yeah. the uh, okay. in the Enterprise's hull. Right. There's a lot of Cornwell in number one. Oh, so. we have to get Leland over first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got to get Leland over. So. He's got his phaser rifle. Yeah, he's got his phaser rifle, and we're starting to see parts of Michael's vision, but it doesn't go the same way because, number one, Michael's not there, and number two, the situation is now completely different, so they're prepared for it. He uh, he doesn't manage to kill anybody. Go figure. Poor, yeah, poor he gets chased dude. off, strangely. He, he retreats. Well, he runs to the... Yeah. 
get the yeah yeah he he's like okay i'm just gonna go get my data and leave right and he basically locks the door so Giorgio and Nan are breaking through and Saru asks how long it will take and she says five <laughs> minutes less if you stop bothering us <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then she does the thing you know when we get through these doors how about you joining me and making Leland scream and that's when the yum yum comes that's the in the yum 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 she, yep, she, yep. she she dines on the screams of artificial uh, intelligence. Villains. Weird. Weird. <laughs> Weird. And during that fight, we get another guitar, electric yes. guitar power chord, <laughs> like we did for Point of Light. Is yes. that Point of Light? Yeah. Yeah. That, that fight in the gimbal, because obviously they used a very good gimbal to fight the anti-gravity or the changing gravity fight. What's a gimbal? A gimbal is a gimbal one of those things is... that'll turn. Yep. Like the camera will stay camera? stationary, yep. but no, this will stage turn. Oh. Is like on a... a tilt thing. Like oh, was wow. it the Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling video? Yeah. yeah. Like a that, uh... and it can turn like completely around. Okay. Yeah, it can make you look like you're walking on walls and ceilings when you're actually not. Gimbal. Gimbal. When they are instead rotating the actual. I learned another set. word today. Gimbal, okay. Nimble gimbal. Gimbal. Yep. Um, but before the fight, isn't that when he says, quiet women? No, women stop talking. Oh, women stop talking. It's like another jab at some of the misogynist fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, oh, yeah. they were basically, you know, giving him crap and he was not, it was not having it. Yeah. Shouldn't refer to I like that him. even though it's just a computer, it's still sexist. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I love you know, before this, when Leland first shows up and Saru says to everybody, you will see a human face. This is not a human. That was that was good. Just to remind everybody that they weren't facing an organic being anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get two poor crewmen getting sucked off into space. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. That, that hurt me. Yeah. That hurt me. Well, they knew they were going to never see their families again anyway, so whatever. <laughs> Just, I'm not callous <laughs> like that. I'm not. It hurts they me. They didn't I even was... have speaking lines. Bye. I don't, I don't <laughs> care that they didn't have speaking lines. They were important members of that crew who were giving up their lives to go to the future with Michael Burnham. Yeah. They deserve hey, that better. A... They signed up for that when they joined Starfleet. They knew it was a possibility. I know, yeah. but they deserved a better end than that. The battle is not going well. Michael has finally gotten to a point where she can open the wormhole, but she can't get the computer in the Red Angel suit to go into the future. She can't set (laughs) coordinates for anything past the present, and she can't understand why she would do all of this and bring them to this point only to fail. It's like she forgot her passcode to enter her phone screen. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And so she's trying and trying and trying, and meanwhile, Spock is brooding and brooding and brooding, and then he finally figures it out, and he's trying to tell her, he's with Michael, and she says, not now, Spock. And he says, yes, now, precisely now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he explains that she hasn't set the other signals yet. She has to go back before she can go forward. Yeah, she starts programming those five signals, and then we get this crazy crazy ass oh visual effects God. sequence that still just <laughs> blows my mind and also makes me Every think of 2001 space it. odyssey 
It yeah. makes me think of so many things. Oh, What's great God. is behind her, you see the 3D space shift to two 2D. dimensions. Yeah. yeah. Because, the, yeah, she's like, oh going God. through dimensional, you know, time like and the space. Bubble, yeah. The thing that is reminiscent of the Great Barrier, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 I think the creative said that they wanted to evoke that image, yes. even though that's not really necessarily what it was. And yes, 2001. Mm hmm crazy 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 moments it's magnificent and how she's like gasping for breath almost panicked and then when she settles in and it becomes like wonder and amazement like when she shows up for that first signal and then she's looking down at herself yeah and (laughs) just that thought of oh i remember what i was feeling in this exact moment and now i'm on the other side of it (laughs) so we get to see all of her jumps and all of her appearances, which made me happy, because she had to do that. And and I this was thinking moment, that yeah, and I was go thinking ahead. that from the start, like why couldn't can't she go forward? Because she hasn't gone back. Right. She's got signals to set. What was the spot quote about going back? Uh, we cannot move forward until we. It's from not even. We cannot move forward until we. I don't know. Deal with our past or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's interesting because it's a parallel to the relationship that they can't go forward with as brother and sister until they fix what happened in their past. And it's a similar situation. You know, you can't go forward into the future unless you go back. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this the battle while Michael is doing all the signals, um, which is taking place in the space of a second to all of us in current time, but takes however long it takes when she's doing it. And then she's back and she's able to finally start setting things for the future. Meanwhile, battles aren't going well. Um, it looks like we're losing. And then all of a sudden a ship starts imploding and I'm like, Oh, please tell me that's the Klingons. (laughs) Yeah, it's the cleave Please ship. Tell me that's the Klingons and that clave ship decloaks and is like Holy fuck crap. Yeah We also have section get... thirty one really concentrating fire on Discovery yeah. and so the Enterprise has to go in and block because their shields are down so low. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's shortly after that that they get the uh the torpedo wedged in their saucer section, yeah. which could take out more than half the ship when it goes off. Which is why number one and uh, Cornwell decide they're going to go take care of it. Yes, the women getting shit done. This is the this is a tear moment for me. The Cornwell and number one moment right mm-hmm. here, before the other one. But yeah, yeah, uh, they do everything they can. They can't. Uh, they can't get the timer to stop. They can't disconnect the antimatter. They can't. They can't in any way disarm this torpedo. And uh, I I do like that. Uh, Pike wants an update, and she says plans A and B have failed. We're in now in the Hail Mary portion of the operation. Yeah, which I reminded me of his little spiritual quotes, religious spiritual quotes earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. It kind of tied that that quote tied back to that for me, which they kind of stopped doing after several episodes. Yeah, well, for me, it was more of a sports reference. Because the Hail Mary is what you do when you have absolutely nothing to lose. 
when you decide, oh, well, there's three seconds left on the clock. I'm going to shoot this ball from half court and it goes in. That's a Hail Mary. Well, (laughs) but Hail Mary's a prayer. It's Hail Mary, you know. Hail Mary's a prayer and it's also specifically in American football. It's for the quarterback to throw a long pass and to have all the receivers go as far down the field as possible. Yeah. And so you're just hoping somebody can catch it. And so that's yeah. why they're use Hail Marys. They're basically praying for somebody mm-hmm. to right. catch that ball. Yeah. So it's uh it it's not There's a song Come with me Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who sang that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not working. Pike decides he's gonna go down there because he's like, I'm I can't die because I, I have, have script future. immunity. I ha- I have this future that I have to be in there for. So uh, he sends number one back up. He comes down. And before number one leaves, uh, she and Cornwell clasp arms because they both know. This is the one. Cornwell this is, is not getting out alive. This is the, that's when, the, when they, when they go for each other's arms, mm-hmm. I, I tear up. Yep. They need to put the automatic, like the manual closed door thingy on the other side too. Right. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll, they'll adjust fly. that for a future. Yeah, they're uh, like, hey, um, let's get the Enterprise refit with the emergency manual close on both sides of those blast doors. Here's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the side where the airlocks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Pike comes down there. And, of course, he does the typical male thing was, did you do this? Did you do this? It's like talking to someone in Apple Care when you already have tried all of the things that you know you need to do. And yes, I heart repeated it. Yes. And, and, you, and you, you can start the conversation with, okay, this is my problem. This is what I have done. And they'll still ask you, did you do this? Yes, I just told you that I did that. So uh, Cornwell barely contains her frustration with that. Where she's just she like, already did it. She's just like, she's, she almost rolls her eyes, I swear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she almost She's gotten a eyes. lot of good digs in this season, yeah. too. And, well, both seasons. And then, uh, you know, Pike says, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm not destined to die here, then I'm, I'm invincible. And she's like, yeah, but... Can you guarantee that? And how many people might die for that? Uh-huh. And so she gets him to leave and she closes the well, door. Well, when she says, your story doesn't end here, yeah. and I think you know that, mm-hmm. what, where does that come from? Like, how does she... She's an empath. She yeah, may not she be beta Z, but or beta Zoid, yeah. rather, but she's definitely... She's an empath. Yeah. More empathic, which, you know, being as tough as she is, too, it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I yeah, think she also her. knows that this is the end of her story. Yeah. She she, that, she know, knew. She's made her own mistakes. And so, you know, this is a good time to make good with what she's done in the past. I, I don't think she was even worried about that. She knew yeah. what mistakes she made and she dealt with those long ago. She's a therapist. Right. She's, she's smarter than I don't than know. Her. From what I hear, therapists are sometimes more messed up than their patients not in the 23rd century (laughs) okay the i wonder is there any chance is there any possibility that at the last moment somebody came and snatched her and pulled her to the future or something or somebody got her i think we pretty much see her blow up we We don't see nothing 
We see her I hair blown back. We see her. We see her hair, hair blown back. back and blue flame engulf her. Oh, which is pretty is hot flame. Angel. <laughs> it's blue flames like I'm just maybe yeah. it's wishful thinking. It mm. is wishful thinking because none of us wanted Cornwell to die. No. Cuz I love Cornwell. Yeah. Probably just because I love Jane Brooke, but also Cornwell's badass. Yes. Okay, I realized also that when they go when they jump in the future, they are actually arriving at the point when Gabrielle gets to Terralesium for the first time. Probably. I know. Because it's, it's 930 years. They're going to the tether, right? Yeah, because they to did. The point to where she first went. Yeah, well, the distance between when when Michael was a child and her mother left the yeah, first it had time, been, which was, it it had been was like 950. It was 950 for Gabrielle. It had been 20 right. years since she'd done that, so it was 930 years from Michael's current right. point in time. The thing is, is that because that tether always snaps her back to where she started. That doesn't mean that when they get there, she will have just gotten there. You understand what I'm saying? I guess we'll see. Yeah. What I'm saying is she always gets snapped back to that time. She always gets snapped back to that place. So my right. guess is, is they'll find the Burnham, the Gabrielle Burnham that got her time suit destroyed. Otherwise she would have shown up again. So that's, I think that's what they'll end up finding. I really hope we do see Sonia Son in season three because I bet we will. Yeah, that would that would be really it, good. It's smart of them to um, in the trailer to keep her secret if they are going to reveal. Oh her. yeah, yeah. Well, they've given us a lot without giving us very much. They're very good about that. Right. Okay. That's the best way to do it. So here we go. Um, the shields are failing. And no one is available to fix them except Tilly, but she will have to do it blindfolded because <laughs> she did that game. once for a drinking game. Yeah. This was silly to me. I line. I didn't have a problem with it. I think it's in character. <laughs> it's absolutely Stilly. in character. So, yeah, so that's going on. She's trying to fix those shields and she's basically halfway up a conduit area doing that, which is terrifying anyway but she's just like she's she didn't blindfold herself but she's keeping her eyes closed so that she can remember what she did by touch which that is actually you know you can remember by touch things that you may not remember visually touch memories can be even much stronger than visual yeah yeah muscle memory mm-hmm so, uh, also, Giorgio has lured Leland down to the spore drive she traps him in the uh, navigation chamber and magnetizes the hell out of him and laughs while he's screaming. Not not that just laughs, laugh, giggling that was like, like a girl who just sadistic, got a puppy. Sadistic, like a little off. Yeah, no, she was laughing like a little girl who just got her first puppy. Well, she does come from the Mary Universe, mm -hmm. and the the whole Terran thing is cruelty. It was sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, cruelty is strength there. So uh, the discovery doesn't know how they're going to find Burnham, and so she realizes that's the sixth signal. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. along with the uh, cleave ship, we've got Kelpians in Bowel Fighters. We have Serana. We get Serana, and how, and now she's a fighter, and that totally makes sense to me because Serana also badass. 
that moment made me tear up too when mm-hmm. Serana showed up, and then the Serana, Serana and Poe fighting and stuff. That 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 made me that made me emotional. Yes, it made that me. That must be some too. kind of boot camp to get them prepared that quickly from hey. being just like hunter gatherers, not even hunter gatherers, just gatherers into piloting a space vessel. Well, you know what I think? I think there was an armistice or a treaty or something. Oh, there absolutely yeah. was. I am certain that after the events of Point of Light, that a Starfleet representative was dispatched to help them negotiate an armistice and learn mm-hmm. how to work together because the Kelpians realized, okay, yeah, you did this thing to us, but we understand also how we almost destroyed you in the past and we can be better than our instincts. They starfleeted it. They starfleeted starfleeted their way out of it. They did starfleet (laughs) their way out of it. It's fantastic. Diplomacy. Diplomacy. Where are we? We're we're so much in these episodes. Like yeah, yeah. We're we're about to uh, to have Michael open the wormhole and send a signal to Discovery so that they can follow. Tilly has fixed the shields. So we have a couple of goodbyes though. Still. Yeah. Right. We got yep. some big goodbyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? The Spock and Burnham. Uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, the shuttle gets damaged, and so Spock cannot follow. Yeah. Yep. And he and that Discovery scene... can't transport him aboard because they'd have to drop shields. Right. And Enterprise, scene... you know, is can't help either because they'd have to drop shields. That scene is... That's, I, I was bawling during that scene. The Spock, Burnham, goodbye, and the Pike and Saru, goodbye. Those yeah. two. Well, we know Pike and Spock have to stay behind because of the original series. Yes. Well, of right. course we knew that. I mean, I knew well, something yeah. was going to happen that Spock wasn't going to go in the future. So I knew that that was coming. That didn't make it any less emotional. Right. And this is right. This is the first time that we heard I love you in Vulcan. That is not how you say I love you in Vulcan. It's not, not? Not according to Memory Alpha. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. So is that a mistake? I don't know what he said because I don't know what the words are. I can't hear the words clearly enough to be able to look it up. I'm sure somebody has a script. Yeah. I just I just don't know what exactly what he said because uh, the Vulcan way of saying that I love you is ayadashadu. Maybe it's different for when it's when somebody it's... else. That's the only version of I love you that I could find in any mm. database of Vulcan words. Maybe it's mm. live long and prosper. No. I don't think so. <laughs> it was much more personal and emotional <laughs> mm-hmm. because yeah, because she she is the one who taught Spock empathy mm-hmm. and emotion, right. you know, and all of that. So I think it was a much more personal I agree. Uh, emotional. Maybe you go girl. You go, girl. You go to the future. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. <laughs> also, also, just jumping back, we did get today is a good day to die for the first time mm-hmm. in Klingon. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. with Glenn Hetrick as one of the Klingons, who was a badass. Yes, nice. that made me super happy. I mean, he does yeah. all of those. He was great. He does all the makeup stuff anyway, so why not be in the makeup? <laughs> that had to be the like fucking coolest thing for him to get to do that you know he I, got to be a fucking Klingon I love it I, I bet <laughs> and the, he looks good oh he does look good and I, I bet absolutely no one had a problem with that I don't know who decided that whether it was I don't know 
the producers or the director or if it was Glenn just saying, hey, guys, can I do this? I have no idea, but I love I feel like it's something him and Kurtzman came up with. I don't know. That wouldn't surprise me. I think it's wonderful. It makes me super happy. Sorry to jump jump back to that. I just wanted to shout that out. It's okay. I do also. Yeah, well, we kind of skipped over the cleave ship a little bit anyway. Well, there's so not a whole nice lot. The cleave ship shows up yeah, and destroys comes things. Comes in and kicks some ass. <laughs> and, you know, Lorel is. Uh, at the, this cleave ship does get hit at one point, and Lorel bumps her head, and she's bleeding. And she says, she laughs and says, I thought my, my chancellorship would be bloodless. And yeah. Tyler's like, oh, destroy those who would harm your chancellor and they go and this is like her second glow up in the season so like when we first saw her she looked just fabulous and ornate and everything and now she looks like a freaking warrior Uh, yep she's she's warrior her hair's like Mm -hmm. she's got wild klingon warrior hair and she looks like you know she belongs up there she is i think ready. my favorite is still her spiky armor that looks like it's got blood all over it yeah the, uh, the, the red tipped spikes <laughs> yeah. Red, yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, it's like the Queen Amidala of the Star Trek universe. God, no, don't. Please don't. <laughs> All her outfit changes. No. The sharer of Klingons. That's better. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it, this, the Michael spot goodbye when he says, you are my balance, Michael. And he's worried that he's not going to find that balance again with her gone. And it's just like, oh, my God, you good. <laughs> he hasn't met Kirk yet, right? Yeah, <laughs> she tells she tells him find the person that seemed farthest that seems farthest away from you and right? reach for them. That is that made a big impact for me. That line yeah. during this watch. I, I'm going to tell you all a little secret. What? I don't like original series, Kirk. Oh uh, yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah, he was he was never my favorite thing. He was never. My I gotta say. <laughs> With Spock, I mean, with Pike coming up, you know, now I'm just like it's kind of it's kind of fading fading away a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Pike, Picard, Cisco. I mean, there's so many good captains. Janeway. Mm-hmm. Archer. Archer. Yeah. Yeah. I. Lorca. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is your captain. Just <laughs> because I like Jason Isaacs. So yeah, so Michael is uh, is doing her thing where she's glowing red, and Discovery's following her into the wormhole. And, and she tells him that she'll send the seventh signal for him to yeah. let them know that uh, she made it safely to the other side. And mm-hmm. Pike says, "You know, goodbye, my friends, my family." Uh, that moment with the Saru part when he when he his moment with Saru, I was just like, uh Whew, yeah. And you even see Poe in her shuttle going, go, go. Oh, my God. That's the other time. Yep. That's when I was that's when I was crying when when Poe was, you know, because, you know, she's thinking about Tilly in that yep. moment. Go, go. She's she's like sending ener- her energy and good thoughts to Tilly to make it through. And couldn't they have just stopped when control was neutralized? No. Because <laughs> no, because as long as that data was in that time period, control would pop up somewhere else. I guess neutralized is a is a word that doesn't mean it's completely destroyed exactly. and obliterated. Exactly. 
if that, they would have said control has been completely eliminated and destroyed, then it wouldn't have mattered. They could have just stopped. Yeah, because, right. yes, that was the core par- processor of control at that point. But mm-hmm. how much else is still out there that could be? One little nanite. Yeah, just one is all it takes. All it takes. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Uh, Spock, <laughs> a children's book, One Little Nanite. One Little Nanite. <laughs> how control <laughs> can ruin the world. Um, <laughs> Spock does get beamed back to the Enterprise. And because, of course, once uh, Leland is neutralized, all of the Section 31 ships just stop. So there's nothing left to fight. So they, Enterprise can drop their shields and beam Spock back. I do love mm-hmm. that they remembered that Vulcans have green blood. Yeah, I was thought for a little while it's like what's that on his face and it's like oh uh, it's his blood's blood. green yeah yeah they are copper-based light forms therefore yeah. his blood is green yeah it's just weird that they can mate but well with humans it's like how does that work well it depends well it didn't for a while it depends yeah. on who you ask because it seems like they still had to genetically like like artificially blend the dna and then implant uh an embryo so i i don't think it happens just from sex maybe it was evolution maybe they had to adapt adapt biologically that's possible that is entirely supposedly klingons have like kind of pepto-bismol blood yeah 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 okay so and they can mate with humans too weird Mm. we got uh i like that we get the spock monologue am i jumping ahead you're jumping ahead we've got to do all of the stuff where they have starfleet command is interviewing everybody well we jumped and we got those amazing special effects which were just beautiful Mm -hmm. right and reminiscent uh, of a few different things of course Mm. uh, starfleet command has questions and everybody has their story down pat and what speaking of being reminiscent of things is them tying into Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah. Mm. When they're going through the wormhole, I guess, is that you see that little echo effect on their faces mm-hmm. right out of motion picture. Yes. Yeah. That was very that was very purposeful. I I yeah. know that that was very purposeful. So there's all these different interviews, everybody's saying I saw Discovery explode, etc. And uh, we never see the Admiral's face. Who's interviewing I him? love that choice now. I, I love it. I do, too. I love this scene. I do, too. Ash gets to be the new commander of Section 31. Mm-hmm. And Spock says that uh, per Starfleet Regulation 157, Section 3, they need to classify all of this. No one can speak of it ever again. And to do so would be under, you know, treason. Tre- under punishment of treason the uh the the admiral face thing i talked about when we did our live episode mm-hmm. and i i know a lot of people are like what that's weird why didn't they show the face and to me i haven't really refined this thought any more than i did when we first talked about it whenever it was a year and a half ago and i love i think that just symbolically showing the admiral's mouth but not the face not the eyes anything like that is kind of like a representation of us as fans Mm. from now this period between right now and all of the other rest of star trek that we know 
in which discovery and Michael Burnham has never been talked about. So like mm-hmm. we're only we only had part of the picture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My personal I love that know. explanation why nobody talks about discovery is because you can't. <laughs> well, the thing is is that I always trusted that there was going to be an explanation for that. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was going to necessarily be time travel, but everybody was just Well, they did. Yeah. Basically, everybody was just bitching about something that they were planning on all along, but they weren't right. going to tip their hand. Right. And remember when they revealed, remember after we finally saw the green time crystals, and then the next time you saw the opening sequence, everyone was like, <gasps> yeah, the, oh my God. Those have been in there since the first the whole episode. time. Yes. Yes, indeedy. So now we can talk it's about... It's like, shut up, haters. I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Wait a minute. You don't get to know everything right away. Yeah. Wait. Wait yeah. for it. Let them tell the freaking story. You don't jump to the final chapter of a book. You read the whole damn book. Uh, no, those people jump Jeez. to the final chapter of the book. Come on. You're ruining no, it. They have no context for anything in the final chapter of ruining the book. Ruining the experience. Yeah. Okay. So l- let's talk about... <laughs> All right. I'm done. Are you sure? Can I finish my sentence, please? <laughs> Please do. Okay. Now let's talk about Spock's personal lock. Yes, please. I love this. I know. He's basically speaking to Michael in this log and wondering, you know, it's been it's been like six months since the signal. And I love that he talks about, you know, as an as an old earth physicist once said, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to me. Oh my God, I wrote that down. That's the last note that I took. That quote is so poignant. Yes. Oh, it was 124 days, excuse me. 124 days. So that's more like four months. The universe is under no obligation to make sense to me. How much is 124 days in months? Four months. Whatever it is, it's shorter than quarantine. (laughs) Four months. 180 days is six months. So 120 days is like what I, I gotta say four months. It's four months. Three About months. Four, three months. 30, 60, 90, 120. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, we see him saying goodbye to his mother, and of course he doesn't want to see his father because he's told his father to keep his distance, and they do for the rest of their damn lives. <laughs> But uh, and and here's the thing that I think people have forgotten: Spock and Sarek never melded. Right. Never. That makes me sad. Sad. So, Spock is a lot is a in many ways a tragic mm-hmm. character. He is. He he just seems so lonely. <laughs> He's just always seemed lonely to me. Like. But there's this also a sense of peace. He's one of those you know? people that's just okay with being him. Yeah, Takes I don't know if he ever time. settled down or had a family or anything. Well, you know, he was supposed to uh, marry to Pring, but she didn't want him. And oh, yeah. Didn't... And her name's yeah. Pring, so. <laughs> she had great hair, but <laughs> above that, yeah. She did? <laughs> In any case, um... Bring. We're we're seeing Spock go through certain motions while we're listening to this log, and then you see him 
pull out his uniform and also, you know, touch his beard. And I'm like, oh, are we going to, are we going to, are we going to? And then you hear Lieutenant Spock to the bridge and we see it from behind Spock and he's in that outfit and his hair has been cut and uh, he comes onto the bridge and Spike, uh, Spike, <laughs> I keep calling Spike. Spike. Sorry. Crossover. Pike looks at him and does this what? And then number one looks around and goes, what? And yeah, Say what? she was looking at him like, oh my, I forgot you looked like that. And Pike explains that, hey, look, we've got this anomalous signal on the view screen here. And it's the seventh signal. And they pinpointed it as somewhere in the beta quadrant. So he finally has that answer that she made it to the future. And uh, Pike talks about how, you know, I heard there's a new moon that was discovered at this place, etc. And uh, he, before that, he was saying, well, where should, where should we go, number one? And she says, well, you're the captain, captain. <laughs> and so he talks about the moon and... Uh, says, well, let's go check that out. Does that sound good to you, Mr. Spock? And he says, yes, Captain. Let us see what the future holds. Hence the name of this podcast. Yep. We yoinked it. We yoinked it. I do miss the beard, though. I really like the beard. I miss the beard. I love me. I like scruffy I do Shaggy hair. Well, and during the time of filming, Ethan was not enjoying the beard. He said it was itchy. But when he was when he was well, in quarantine, yeah. he started to embrace that beard, <laughs> big time. <laughs> he was all kinds of beardy again, like when he was on the Star Trek cruise, beardy. When he was on the Star Trek Day panel for Strange New Worlds, though, he was down to a spot goatee, so mirror spot goatee. And we have uh, Lieutenant Amin. Amin was on Amin. the bridge. Who was in Short Treks? Amin, who was in Short Treks uh, Q and A. Yes, indeed. She mm-hmm. she rappelled down the turbo lift shaft to retrieve number one and Spock, shouty Spock. Yeah. I love Q&A so much. <laughs> I know. Just more Spock too. being super Spock. Just, you know, here's, here's the thing about Ethan Peck. Anyone, everyone has opinions, okay? Um, I can take Ethan Peck's Spock and plug him into any original series episode and it works. Every time. Every time. He's just that good. He's great. I want to marry him. I want an Ethan Peck. I want a gay <laughs> <Okay>. Ethan Peck. <laughs> uh, Dave? A uh, Gaithan Peck? <laughs> well, no. You know, we gay people are not don't have the word gay in our names, actually. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> just... <laughs> Doesn't work that way. It's not like an That's apostrophe, true. like with Klingon yeah. names. <laughs> okay, so so we made it through this retrospective, and I I only we cried a thousand times during this episode. So, I can't, this took us so long. I can't believe how much we. Went I on I knew and on. it would be this way because those are three yeah. very pivotal episodes. Mm-hmm. For everything, everything, everything. So on um, the date that this drops in two days, it will be season three. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
which is not actually what day it is no. at this moment, but it's at, not that at far. At this moment, either. it is actually Monday, the 28th of September when we were recording this. Right. <laughs> so, but the excitement is real. Um, I, I'm also kind of just like, it doesn't feel real. And, and yet I know it's real, but it doesn't feel real. So, so any, any final thoughts? Let's talk about final thoughts. Um, Chris, final thoughts. Oh man. Why'd you have to pick me first? Because I wanted to. (laughs) I, I, you know, this is such a, there's so much going on in this season. It's so dense and it's, it was hard to keep up when it was airing in real time. Like when I went back and rewatched it and I took me about a week to rewatch, week and a half to rewatch the second season. And I just, you know, it, everything was a lot more clear because I knew more, but they, they jam packed this thing. They jam packed this mother. And then it just started really taking its own life. Like, you know, when we got to If Memory Serves and then from that point on, it was just like, I feel like it's just really becoming its own thing now. And the uh, the animation with the with going back and setting the signals to me was like this huge defining moment for the series because that's mm-hmm. when it really felt like this new breath of life was being was was going through the show. And then, of course, with the the actual jump to the future with that bridge shot, it just felt like really, really special from from those points in the series. So I have no idea what to expect, but I know it's going to be very, 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 very different. And it's going to be its own thing now. And I cannot freaking wait. And I'm still really close to saying that Discovery is my favorite. Oh, just go ahead and say it. Come, come Dave, what did you think? <laughs> I remember while watching the series as it was airing that there was a whole lot of speculation. Everybody second-guessing, everybody trying to theorize yes. about what was going to happen next. And during a rewatch, it was nice to just put all that to the side and just enjoy the story they wrote for us without any other speculation. And to find that it was really tightly scripted that the whole red angel being those that red string connecting all the plot beats together and how they pulled that off it's remarkable and it was extremely enjoyable very action oriented had its drama too we got you know the whole spock burnham relationship and yeah it's uh, quite an amazing series and i think i for as much as I liked Lorca and their little journey into the mirror universe, I think this second season with the Red Angel is the best so far. Interesting. Well, you do have a one out of yeah. two choice there. Right. All right. Well, for me, I'm the kind of person that I've just, I got sick of speculation. I was kind of forced to do it when it came to the live show. But I don't really like speculating <laughs> as much anymore. I it's like getting to annoying. just experience. It's going to be interesting us talking yeah. about it as it airs without speculating. <laughs> well, we can, but I mean, I'm not going to be one of those that just goes off yeah. into the weeds with some weird right. conspiracy theory. I mean, if something feels really obvious to me, I'm going to say it. Like in season one, it felt obvious to me that Vogue was right. Tyler and Tyler was Vogue. And I do believe that I had some people on the live show going, no, 
Really? <laughs> yeah. I could go find the video, but I'm pretty sure that uh, that I think Bruce did say no. I don't. I don't see that. I mean, his name is Ash, and Voke was the torchbearer. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. But Ash Tyler was a real person. Ash Tyler yeah, was a Yeah, but the writer still wrote oh, yeah. the name. Like, I know. You know. I know. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I love Discovery. I have made no secret that it is my favorite Trek, even though there are only two seasons of it so far. But we've got a season three and hopefully a season four soon. As in, you know, they're filming within a year. Well, that's that's debatable because there are people that have said that that sign that someone took a picture of was actually for reshoots for season three. So oh. it's not necessarily true that they're shooting for season four right now. Well, but, but Doug Jones trainer posted something and said, we're, 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 we've gotten Doug into the best shape of his life for his filming. That's for his filming of season four. Well, that doesn't mean he's actually filming right now. It just means there will be a season four. <laughs> and that he's trained for it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. look he does look like super cut. Now. Dude is ripped. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see those biceps? Yes. Oh, my, oh god. my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It's made a shame. Yeah, I we're gonna see Buff Saru. Damn. <laughs> anyway, uh season two. I love season one of Discovery. So much to love there. Season two went even further with that. I didn't think it was going to, you know, it could get better. And I wasn't even sure I wanted Spock. I really just wasn't sure about that that. because I had been burned by the Kelvin timeline. (laughs) And I just didn't want them to screw this up again. Which is not to say that Zachary Quinto's performance was a screw up. He did his very best i just didn't i think he was let down by writing and directing anyway i just wasn't sure that i wanted that and then when that first trailer dropped and i heard ethan peck's voice i thought i was going to faint (laughs) i thought who what who is that who who is that and then when i realized that was spock and i'm like okay they did it so well i'm on board and so smart and just they did it so well all of these characters that we've seen Mm -hmm. before they did it they did it right. They did. They didn't screw they any of it up. Picked better. No, they could not have picked anyone better for any of those roles. Yeah. It's just. Mm. I mean, even Sarek and Amanda, all, all of those characters. You know, they just mm-hmm. they've 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 they they put so much care into it, and it's so obvious. Yes. That the creatives did, the producers did, and the actors did, and that that is what really shows through to me. That makes me just so on board is that they they treated it with so much respect so much care so much purpose yes and it's because of the success of discovery that we have picard that we have lower decks that we have strange new worlds coming that we have prodigy coming section 31 and section 31 and a couple others that we apparently don't know about yet yeah this this was the gateway to see if this was something feasible, something people would watch. And we have responded overwhelmingly with, yes! You know what I bet? So, they're recording. I bet they're filming short some short treks right now during ooh, quarantine. Because you can do short treks easily during a quarantine. That is true. Very is easily. True. If you have minimal cast and minimal crew. And they, so. they most of them do. Indeed. Ooh. I bet that's what we're doing. I bet that's what they're doing. 
I bet that's the season four that they're talking Ooh. about, that they're doing some short Maybe tracks. a mm-hmm. Tilly May reunion? Ooh, That'd be I cool. would love to see that reconnection. I would love to see Bahia Watson again. Yeah, I really I like her. I would absolutely love that. Anyway, that my my final thoughts are that I love Discovery, and I am now prepared to tell everyone that, yes, Pike is my favorite captain. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Bum God. Show. Is this the first time that you've said that on a podcast? Public, publicly, yes. It is the Holy first time. Holy crap. You heard it here first, folks. No wonder you're doing the Strange New Worlds podcast with the Boldy Goal. That's why I wanted it so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, so there you go. 2020, it's... you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> Exclusive announcement. Yep, Brandy does not my choose first? favorites very easily. My, my thought, you had you were teasing that it was between a couple ones, but you weren't saying the two. And my other guess was Giorgio, even though we got her in such a limited amount of time. So I knew that. Pike was probably one of them. And then my other thought was that it might be Giorgio. Yeah. Well, if you get technical, there is a point at which Spock is a captain as well in the movies. True. So, but uh, I was going by the actual television series in that regard. So. Right. So it'd be, pa- it be Pike. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, damn, Brandy. <laughs> I honestly didn't know I was going to say that until I said it. So there you go. There's nothing else to say for me. No, there's <laughs> nothing else to say except for, hey, Chris, where can people find you elsewhere? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield and my other shows, Open Channel. And there are four questions are on Instagram and Twitter at Open Channel Trek and at four questions trek and that's the number four not spelled out check out those shows please they're a lot of fun they are a lot of fun i can attest to that because i have loved every one of them thank you you're coming on an open channel soon i think maybe yeah very soon just tell me when i'll be there i think like maybe the discovery (laughs) premiere if if we're not well we might be busy but we'll see we'll see you know just let me know because you know i'll be there yes for you because i love it Dave, my darling, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. That's where I'll be most often at Dark Corner Cast. You can also find me as DJ Evil Dave there. And I host with Brandy the Dark Corner Podcast on darkcornerpodcast.com. It being October, this is going to be the busiest month for us. We're going to be talking about the tarot with the priestess card, the card most associated with witchcraft. So that'll be fun. And I also have a couple of music specials planned for this month. So yeah, there will be 10 tracks picked from the dark alternative scene that I've compiled into a continuous playlist for your enjoyment. Which I hear you've already built. I Yeah, I they're already constructed. Correctly. I just need to do the intro and outros and stuff, and then I can release them. Dave loves making playlists, you guys, and I he is do. very good at it. Yes, I have a continuous skinny puppy playlist I think is an hour and a half long. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I do too many things. Um, th- there's uh, also one here on Hall Sweet Media Network, 
we mentioned Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast that I do with my friend Suzanne. We have a great time talking about the old school Captain Pike right now, and we're going to be delving into new school Captain Pike pretty soon. Hoping that we don't run out of Pike content before Strange New Worlds is actually among us. So we're stretching it out, stretching it out. It's not going to be like a weekly thing because there's just not enough to continue covering. Especially with so little being known about number one still. We're going to get more in Strange New Worlds. We're going to get a backstory, you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that and also the Vedic Assembly which I do with my friends Liam and Nick about Deep Space Nine. We have a great time doing that, especially with Deep Space Nine being so great at Trek. Great Trek. And then I do two live shows because I'm crazy. So one of them is the Unready Room on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain. Figure it out. And that's with my good friend Dan Gunther on his YouTube channel, Kurt Ratz Productions. Kurt Ratz is just Star Trek spelled backwards. Write it down. It's fine. And uh, right now we're going through, actually by the time that this comes out, Lower Decks will have finished, but uh, we may, I'm pretty sure we're continuing with Discovery. So check that out on Friday nights. We have fun. And then on Saturdays at noon on Twitch on the channel Outpost 13, which is just the word Outpost and the number 13, I do a show called Infinite Trek with my friend Aaron Harvey, who literally wrote the book on the animated series. And we talk about all things Trek, but of course right now we're talking about new Trek because there is new Trek, and so we're talking about it. Completely different conversations. It's very fun. Is that it? Oh yeah, Headcanon. I do a solo podcast that I haven't updated in a little while because things and stuff happened. I don't know if you guys have noticed. But uh, that's also, you can find that at darkcornerpodcast.com. It's a very strange trip through my brain and my fandoms. <laughs> so join me for that. And that is it. So guys, thanks for sticking with us for this very long retrospective. But we had things to say and they needed saying. So yeah. we did <laughs> say them. But join us next time. And we'll be covering episode one of season three of Discovery to see what the future holds. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer. List other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. When Mariner realizes that these characters behave exactly how, they, how their normal counterparts do, she quickly rewrites it into a movie and adds in some set pieces, as she says, and things like that. She basically is going to plan to kill her mum painfully and horribly. In the holodeck Not to help just her, her mum. Everyone, yeah. To help her get over her, her issues, I guess. It seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now.
Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase 1. Welcome to Starbase 1. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Sweet preview program for Starpod Log, a classic science fiction and fantasy podcast. Well, and, and it's amazing read, reading that description of the movie because if I was going to write a description of Star Wars, that's not exactly what I would say. <laughs> but, but I mean, but yeah, yeah, it's neat to go back and read these, and you're going, wow, that's just, you know, they they don't really make it sound as exciting there, but they still, I mean, they make it look like, yeah, you want to see it, but but not for for those reasons exactly. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.